You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into Sports Call on a Friday. I am Brooks Childress. You may be wondering, where is Ryan LaVoy today? Well, he has uh, a little under the weather today, so he is off today trying to get recoup, get better uh, and so I am your fill-in host. It's a bullpen day, as we like to call it here on Sports Call. Uh, usually it happens on Mondays. Ryan's out of town going to a Bucks game. But uh, today it is a Friday, and we are one. It is, it's going to be a wonderful Friday here on the show today. I am joined today by Mr. Cam Berry for the full three hours. Mr. T.P. Hammock joining us for just an hour before he heads off to some Smith Station basketball tonight with Brant Daughtry. Uh, and we're going to have a great show. Can't wait to get to all of our callers at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 on the uh, Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, get your calls in early and often as we We've got a great show coming up for you today. Later on in the show, we'll get to our player of the week in the second hour. We have some press conference audio that we didn't get to play yesterday from Bruce Pearl, so we may get to, uh, get to that later on in the show as well. Don't have a designated time for that. It just depends on uh, how the phone calls go this afternoon. Also, 5 o'clock, we'll have a 5 at 5, and then 5.45 to wrap up the show will be our nightly TV guide brought to our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. A lot of stuff to talk about today. You're heading into an SEC basketball weekend, the first SEC basketball weekend of the year. As Auburn visits Arkansas, they are already en route slash have landed in Fayetteville for the big matchup with the Hogs this weekend. Uh, Auburn women's basketball got things started in the SEC play last night, unfortunately falling to the Tennessee Lady Vols at home, but still uh, a long season, long SEC season to go. So the uh, Auburn uh, Tigers on the women's side of things looking to rebound after last night's loss. Auburn football making some changes. There's There's been some swirlings about the last 24, 48 hours about different coaches on the staff. Uh, we now have our first, uh, or not our first, but uh, the, the latest in the staff moves is uh, Auburn no longer has an offensive coordinator in Philip Montgomery. Uh, the search for a new offensive coordinator begins today. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up here in just a couple minutes. And of course, getting into the final regular season weekend of the NFL. We talked a lot of NFL yesterday. I'm sure we'll touch on more of that coming up here this afternoon. So make sure you get your phone calls in as we also really love to hear from you early and often 334-887-341 locally or toll free one 888 tiger 9 to get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. As I stated, Mr. Cam Berry, Mr. T.P. Hemmick joining me on the program today. Cam, it has been a couple days since you've been on the show. How are you doing on this Friday? I'm doing great, Brooks. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad it's a Friday and uh, going to use this weekend as a relaxation. Still recovering from traveling, you yeah. know, all the way to Europe and all that stuff. But 
Um, it's been uh, it's been a, a, a good week so far and ready to finish it out strong. Um, but yeah, tough loss for uh, the the Auburn. Uh, Auburn Tigers against going against Tennessee, uh, a, a tough loss. But like you said, it's a long season. Plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity uh, for the Tigers to bounce back, and uh, and uh, SEC play is is a long season. So you got plenty of chances, and this team is actually is is pretty solid. So uh, I think that they will they will be able to still have pull out some good wins. Tennessee's a good team and you know, you know, we obviously know that the Vols, I mean, they just have a, a, an outstanding history of mm-hmm. of the success that they have. So, uh, I'm I'm not too worried about coach Johnny Harris and her squad. Uh, they will they will bounce back uh, in plenty of different ways. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, talk about all the stuff that we got going on this weekend. At TP, you were on the show yesterday. You're on the show for only for an hour today. But how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. I was the emergency bullpen call <laughs> after Ryan. Ryan, we hope you get better soon. And, uh, you know, just really fascinated to see which route Auburn decides to go with in the new offensive coordinator role. I just saw from uh, – it was on Sports Illustrated that uh, some believe that th- there are a names floating around there. I saw the Ole Miss wide receiver coach. I've seen Matt Luke. Matt Luke would make sense. He just took a job with Clemson. But I think the offensive coordinator job would be um, – a better job and then the O-line coach but you know I'm just really interested to see uh, which way they go about that you know you you wouldn't want to wait too long to hire your offensive coordinator job with all these freshmen coming in you need to start to implement your offense into the winter workout so but besides that you know just looking forward to the weekend looking forward to uh, you know the FCS uh, championship is on Sunday on uh, ESPN or ESPN 2 or ABC one of those and uh, also the NFL games that are mm-hmm happening we talked about yesterday as thursday is our nfl day and uh, a lot of playoff matchups there a lot of playoff implications so uh looking forward to watching that and of course getting to talk to our phone callers even though i'll be here for an hour hopefully we'll uh, get to talk to some and tp's only going to be here for an hour because over on our sister station fm talk 93.9 tonight uh is the return of smith station basketball from the uh hiatus over the christmas we uh, and new year's breaks uh they're back in action tonight area matchups start tonight as uh, Smith Station visits the Opelika Bulldogs, and you can hear that matchup. Uh, TP will be on the call with our good friend Brant Daughtry, who's the voice of Smith Station Athletics uh, over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Coverage of that one is going to get started between 5 and 5.30 this afternoon, depending on how the JV game goes. Uh, that's 5, 5.30 Central Time, uh, 6, 6.30 Eastern time uh, for our friends over on the uh, in the east part of our listening area, specifically uh, folks in Smith Station. But that's where TP and Brand will be this afternoon, this evening. Uh, and so, if you're looking for some Smith Station basketball, FM Talk ninety three point nine is where you can find it. About five five thirty, uh, somewhere around there. But let's jump into it. The big news of the afternoon, of course, uh, coming just a little over an hour ago with the firing of off- offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery from Auburn. Auburn released a statement earlier today featuring a quote from. Hugh Freeze in the statement. Uh, Hugh Freeze saying, Philip is a good coach and a good man. Decisions like this are never easy. However, I decided this is the best for our program moving forward. I'm appreciative of his efforts this past year and wish him nothing but the best. Uh, that was a statement from Hugh Freeze from the, uh, from the release uh, that was earlier this afternoon. Uh, this year, here's a remind. Here's the if if uh, anybody's not fresh on their numbers, uh, who haven't talked about uh, numbers enough. Uh, but Phil Montgomery joined Auburn after the being the head coach at Tulsa from 2015 to 2022, uh, and he was also the quarterbacks coach here at Auburn 
Uh, and it was Auburn's offense ranked 90th nationally in yards per game, 121st in passing, and tied for 71st in scoring, uh, while eclipsing 27 points just twice in its final 10 games of the season. Philip Montgomery uh, was under contract through 2025 at an annual salary of about $1 million per year. He is fully guaranteed his entire contract. The only uh, the only assistant on the staff that is uh, does not have a clause in their uh, contract that was uh, if, if they get a new job, Auburn can uh, not does not have to pay them the full allotment of their contract. But it is uh, he is uh, is um, going to be paid full the fully for the rest of his contract at Auburn, no matter if he gets another job or not. So Philip Montgomery out as the offensive coordinator. I know a lot of people uh have been calling in the last couple weeks uh to to give their opinions on uh the the future of the offensive side of the football at Auburn uh I know that everybody on the program also has been uh, opinionated uh about the uh the future of the offensive side of the football uh so let's turn it over you guys uh Philip Montgomery fired uh after one season at Auburn what are her thoughts and uh what would you know? What reaction to the the firing? Yeah, I thought or it was the, a, the parting of ways. I, I thought it was a necessary move, honestly. Uh, you know, I think we uh, we in the office have all kind of talked about it, and I mean, the offense has looked so bad, right? And okay, Hugh Freeze hasn't been involved. You know, as he says, he hasn't been involved in any of the. Uh, in much of the game planning and much of the things that that have been going on with the offense because he's been so focused on recruiting. Okay, so then Philip Montgomery's game planning seems to not be so very good, and that definitely was evident uh, in the uh, in the Music City Bowl uh, as as that seemed to be Philip Montgomery's um, game plan, and as we can see, that did not work out well. At, excuse me, at all whatsoever. So. Uh, I think this was just the best thing to do. The offense just looked shaky and and not very um, cohesive at, at any time, really. There was not much rhythm to it, uh, and it just didn't seem like it was. It, it, there was much uh, really left for Philip Montgomery really to be able to do. Uh, this was a unnecessary move, I think, and uh, one that hopefully will benefit Auburn uh, going into next season. So I think it was the right move. I think something had to give. You know, you go six and seven, and there were some of those. <clears throat> there were some of those games. You know, like the Cal game, the Ole Miss game. I know that score's deceiving, but we remember that. Uh, the LSU game. The, you know, there were just games that you would watch, and you'd go, "Wow." This offense looks really bad. Like the defense be out there playing their minds out, you know, playing out of their minds, but they'd be out there so many times after three and out, three and out, three and out, turnover. It, something I had to give on offense, and I'm not surprised it was Philip Montgomery. You know, this was, you know, I, I had a feeling that this would be the first move. And, uh, you know, like, like you said, you know, he's a good coach. You know, he did well with Tulsa and he did well at Baylor, but he didn't do well at Auburn. That's, you know, that's where you're supposed to be. And uh, it's going to be curious to me to see which way he goes about hiring this OC, as I mentioned earlier. And I'm also interested to see if Hugh 
hire someone and he is calling the plays or if this guy or if he's yeah. going to give the full control right. over again because that's what he did with Philip. He gave the full control but then there were it was really weird because at like times after a press conference he'd be like yeah I, I helped with the game plan and then he'd be like yeah I didn't and it was like well are you or are you not like so yeah, it was very half involved it seemed like in the game planning yeah. but when it was left up to Tim Montgomery or excuse me Philip Montgomery Tim Montgomery uh, <laughs> he uh, it, it never ever seemed like it was going right no and and you know that 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 i'm not sure you know maybe it was philip maybe it was just the fact that it was so inconsistent on helping and not helping maybe they never really got a full groove but i'm really interested you know he's a smart guy he has a lot of connections especially offensively he's a really smart offensive mind he's going to hire the right person i feel and i thought whenever they did hire philip i thought that was the right hire and um it didn't pan out that way, but uh, you know he's going to have plenty of opportunities, and uh, uh, he was going to have plenty of applicants, I'm sure, for that position as uh, the Auburn offensive coordinator job. It feels like, especially with that wide receiver class and all the uh, recruiting su- success they had this past cycle, I don't think it'll be uh, terribly long before we hear who's the next OC. And before any you know any rumors are swirling around there, uh, the reporting from uh, some of the Auburn beats. Uh, specifically our guys over at Rivals, uh, J.G. Tate and Brian Stoltz, uh, said that there was no, that they, they both, uh, Montgomery and, and Hugh Freeze worked well together. It, it's not a, it was not a, uh, you know, uh, we don't like each other kind of deal. It was just some philosophical offensive differences that is, uh, led to this point. They tried to make it work, as Hugh Freeze talked about it when he first hired Philip Montgomery last year, is that they were going to meld their offenses and kind of, uh, you know, you kind of you know build a new type of offense, new new offensive uh, identity uh, with both of those guys. Well, folks, who of course, remember Phil Montgomery before he was the head coach at Tulsa was the offensive coordinator at Baylor uh, when Art Bryles was there. When uh, RG three uh, was uh, he was RG 3s offensive coordinator at Baylor, which was a dynamic, really really good offense. He was also offensive coordinator at Houston for a couple years too, and so he's he's a good offensive mind. It it, it just didn't work out with with Hugh Freeze and melding their two offenses together. I expect to go see Hugh go out and get somebody that then can uh, can kind of fill the you know meld more with him, meld more with the offense. And I'll tell you what, with the. Um, with Hugh Freeze, uh, you know, he talked about how this year he was more in that in that recruiting role, uh, left the game planning a lot more to the offensive staff. He was, you know, he was briefed on it. He w- he had some input into it, but mostly it was it was on the uh, on the offensive staff to come up with that as he was doing a lot of recruiting stuff. He said he's going to get more into the the play calling, the the game planning role here. You know, I, I would not be shocked if we kind of see. Uh, and I, I don't want this to go – this is not like the, the bad uh, where, you know, a few years of Gus where it was, oh, hand off the play calling, now take it back. Hand off the play calling, take it back. Uh, I feel like this could be a, a, a time, though, where Hugh Freeze kind of does something like that, not to the extent that I think a lot of Auburn fans would be uh, – would groan, but it, you go into it where you hire an offensive coordinator that's not necessarily your play caller, where Hugh Freeze goes back in that play calling role uh, on offense – and is kind of in, in the offensive coordinator is there to, to have his input, but also to work with the with the uh, quarterbacks and the the offensive players on a day to day basis at practice uh, a, a little bit more. And so we'll see what happens. Brand, uh, Brand TP, you said there's a few names already floating out there. We'll get more into that as the weekend develops. I'm sure more names will come out and uh, in, heading into early next week. This, of course, is the third 
quote unquote third move uh, for the offseason on the offense or on the staff side of things for Auburn uh, earlier uh, within the last week uh, or so. Wesley McGriff, Auburn's uh, one of Auburn's defensive coaches, parted ways with Auburn, going down to Texas A&M, taking a role on Mike Elko's new staff down at Texas A&M. Auburn added Charles Kelly, the defensive coordinator from Colorado, coming back home to Auburn where he played football joins the defensive staff as co-defensive coordinator and will also be an assistant on the defensive side of things. So the third move in the coaching staff of the offseason sees Philip Montgomery uh, departing as the offensive coordinator at Auburn after one season. And uh, that is that is where we are right now. We'll talk more about it as the show goes on. Talk more basketball. And, of course, want to get to your phone calls, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 888-9-TIGER-9. Here on Sports Call, we'll take our first break of the afternoon when we come back. More sports call on this Friday. is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger On this Friday rolls on. I am Brooks Childress, Cam Berry, TP Hammock joining me. Me and Cam going to the full three hours marathon. Yup. TP's just doing the one hour 5K. Boo. <laughs> uh, Ryan LaVoy out under the weather today. Hope to see him back early next week. But for now, we're, it's us three leading you into a nice weekend. SEC basketball starts this weekend. Auburn visits Arkansas. A lot of big matchups uh, coming up this week in, in the SEC. It's a you know it, it's not a uh, not a bad slate coming up uh, to start things off uh, this weekend. I was looking at some of the games coming up. You've got uh, number six Florida visiting uh, or no number six Kentucky visiting Florida. You've got Georgia and Missouri. Alabama visits Vanderbilt. A top twenty-five battle between Ole Miss and Tennessee. There's some pretty good matchups in in the basketball world this weekend. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about that coming up here in just a little bit as we uh, dive into more basketball talk later on. Uh, first things first, though, as we've been talking in our first segment, uh, Auburn looking for a new OC. Philip Montgomery and uh, Hugh Freeze parting ways with uh, Philip Montgomery, obviously, is the one that's leaving. Uh, but Hugh Freeze is on the lookout for a new offensive coordinator. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. We would love to get to your phone calls at 334-887-341 locally, toll-free at one 888 9 is how you can get on that orthopedic clinic phone line. And we're going to get set to go there right now with all of our sports call callers and guests joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line the orthopedic clinic has been serving the people of east alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care visit them online today at the orthoclinic.com for more information 
as I mentioned moments ago, 334-887-34 and locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We start today, as we do a lot of days, and go down to South Alabama to talk to our good friend. Well, well let's see if we can try that again. Ward Dam there Steve. There it is. Retired Ward Dam Steve joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Steve, how are you doing on this fun Friday, sir? It is a fun Friday, and uh, maybe the Auburn Athletic Department already called itself, you know, a branch of uh, Comedy Central. <laughs> maybe. Uh, it's just uh, the reason I'm saying that, guys, because, you know, I had some questions uh, in the past several weeks about Phil Montgomery's, you know, tenureship. What I just find just to me uh, a head-scratcher and to me just incredulous is how can people with so damn much money – be so damn stupid that they give somebody money with no strings attached. And if you do a really crappy job, hey, we'll pay you to get the hell out. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good work by his agent, really, to get that uh, to get that in his contract. He's the only assistant on the Sovereign staff I mentioned a little bit earlier that does not have the clause where he's he has guaranteed every single penny that he that Auburn owes him for his contract. Now, do you think any really honest to gosh journalists? has occurred in Alabama to ask the athletic department or to freeze. Why the hell would you do that? Uh, I mean, there, there's uh, that's a great question. Not I don't know. No, not in that phraseology, but sure. what, what explains why he is the only individual that got this exception and now you fire him. Maybe uh, my only guess is that he was uh, one of the only, one of the few, probably the, the only one uh, that's been a head coach before. Yeah, he's got some real experience under his belt. So if you thought he was that good, then what the heck happened? And, you know, I, I, all I've heard is the philosophy matched. Why? I mean, Hugh Freeze is, 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 is accountable for this. He owns this. You know, you should know, right? I should know if I work well with you since I've known you in the past. Right, Brooks? Or yeah. I should know, no, we're, we, we just have good philosophy. I'll, I'll pass on you. But he didn't pass on him. He picked him. It's his chosen man, right? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the 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 deal here though is I, I think the biggest uh, the the biggest thing to take out of this is Hugh Freeze did not you know sit there and say hey you know the, didn't say this really didn't look like it's working but we're gonna try I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna try to make this work this is gonna make this work he owned his mistake and said this was you know we're, this is not working so we're gonna go in a different direction and cut ties yeah, up to one I, year I, I, Brooks I understand that what I mean is from the uh, initiating he interviewed him what had him think that this was going to be a good mesh, a good philosophy, you know, of offensive minds instead of what worked out. Well, I think I think what happened there, and <clears throat> I don't blame Hugh for it, is because if you watch Hugh at Liberty, there was a, they were very pass happy in a sense. They had a lot of really good passing concepts, and Philip Montgomery's background is air raid. And so I can imagine that he was like, hey, you know, this is an air raid background. You know, he helped develop Robert Griffin. You know, he had really good offenses at Tulsa. It was never the offensive problem down at Tulsa. It was always their defense. And eventually it just grew to the point where they just parted ways. And uh, I think they, he was just like, you know, this is I'm a really good passing, you know, offensive style. And Philip, you know, he's got the air raid background. Maybe we can make something really happen. And uh, it just didn't work out. And, you know, that happens every year where you think something's going to happen. You hire someone and it just doesn't work out the way that you want it to. Okay. Again, uh, when I've been hiring people, I didn't give them an immunity, you know, clause. 
that if they did work out, they got paid no matter what. Again, I, that's that to me is inexcusable, uh, and, and they they keep doing it. Uh, Auburn's not by itself, uh, but if you thought he was that damn good, even if you thought he was good, you know things don't always are hundred percent guarantee. Yeah. Why do you have a backout clause? I mean, why wouldn't you say we'll pay you for half your time here? Doesn't work out. And said he gets everything. By the way, guys, we're talking about rankings. I'm rambling here. This is upsetting me. It's not my money, but. Uh, where where do we rank? Where's Auburn ranked? Do you know in terms of number of previous coaches uh, still getting a, a payout? That is a great question. I don't I don't know the official rankings there, but it, it, Auburn's got to be up that list because I say top five or top yeah, three. You're still paying several head coaches. I'm sure you're paying a couple assistants still. Uh, and we keep doing it. it. It's you know, and I'll tell you what. It's it's like I said a minute ago. It's great agent work. It, it's kudos to their agent for for getting that uh, getting that style of contract in there. What do these agents tell them? <laughs> if I knew that, I, I'd nobody, probably be a richer nobody, man. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you better get Philip Marsh. You got Philip Montgomery right now, or, or uh, you know, Alabama's coming after him, Ohio State's coming after him. I mean, what do they tell these people? Yeah, I, again, I, I think if I knew that, I'd be a much richer man because I could uh, I could uh, sign some contracts myself. Oh my gosh! Okay. Speaking of other, there's rumors going around, guys, and you mm. know, I don't even know who starts these damn rumors. And I'm just set up with them, okay? If there's facts to it, then give us the evidence. But on 247 and other uh, people are talking about Cadillac mm-hmm. moving on, going to the NFL maybe, or that he's unhappy. In fact, I'll read you something here. Here it is. Uh, uh, here it is. Yeah, 247 Sports. This blogger says, you know, it's like, you know, a friend of my friend of a cousin who knows somebody, you know, in the maintenance department, uh, but uh, this person says, I will tell you that I spoke over the weekend with a friend who's been a scholarship donor and very close to the program who says Cadillac was not happy with the way Freeze and Montgomery handled the team on the offensive side of the ball this year. He went on to say and told me he has no clue if this is really true or not, then why are you telling us, but he had been told this. Okay, I'm not trying to stir up rumors. Yeah, you are, or anything. I just throw it out there. Why do you throw out stuff if you have nothing of any substantial, yeah. you know, evidence? Uh, but guys, have you heard anything about Cadillac? I, I think most of the stuff that uh, anybody in here has heard is probably the same stuff that you're reading on those message boards. That it's a, uh, you know, there, there's just rumors floating around there about him. Uh, and you know, you brought up uh, to you brought up a uh, Marcus Day, not Marcus Davis. You brought up Zach Etheridge yesterday. Um, both of those guys, uh, I think both of those rumors are the, the ones that, you know, anything that you're seeing in the message boards is kind of what we're hearing as well. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, it could be that, that if, if Cadillac is unquote unhappy with how Hugh Freeze and, uh, Phil Montgomery handled things this year, that the, the parting ways of Phil Montgomery may change his mood a little bit, that he, he may, uh, he, his, his mood may lighten up a little bit and, you know, be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to come back, you know, and, and not, you know, look elsewhere for, for a different position. But everything that we're hearing is probably everything that you're reading on those message boards too, where it's, it's just rumors, people throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks. If, if something does stick, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, there, there may be some smoke there. And, you know, he's one person I would hate uh, to, to leave a list yeah. to go to the NFL, oh, yeah. uh, to go to some other, you know, parallel uh, position. But what also brings my mind is this guy. When I was, you know, a supervisor, uh, and I worked at a mental health agency, you know, uh, I would keep my, you know, thoughts about 
uh, employee not doing well or me having some disagreements to me and the other employee and maybe my mm. supervisor. So I, what, what I'm questioning is this, guys, how does this crap get out? I mean, if he's unhappy, Cadillac, then why or how does it get leaked out? I mean, why is it just between him and Hugh Freeze? Because somebody wants it out there. That, yeah. That's the only reason. How do that, they know? How do they know that Cadillac is unhappy unless Cadillac tells somebody? I was, I was gonna say that's that's the thing is is somebody in some one of the two camps, either one of the either the the Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery camp, or the Cadillac camp. If this is out, if you know, if this is legitimate and it is out, you know, it is out there. It is one of the two camps wanted it out there to kind of you know to to help their cause a little bit. It's like the NFL, you know, NFL, you get, you know, hey, so-and-so wide receiver is unhappy at this place. The only reason that got out is because somebody, uh, the the wide receiver, you know, X, told his buddy to say, hey, you know, go tell this to to this one reporter because I want there to be, I want some more leverage in in my contract situation or some more leverage here. If there are, you know, legitimate rumors that do get out, it's because somebody wanted them out. It's me. Guys, you know, I think it's inappropriate to begin with. It's immature. It just smacks me of, you know, being in second, third grade, and uh, a guy or a girl would pass a little note to me and say, hey, Julie uh, likes you. Do you like her? Really? <laughs> I mean, we're passing stuff out? Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> Again, it, it just it, it it's really designed to get the you know it, it depends on who you know who leaks it, uh, who leaks information to make their you know their person look a little bit better. I mean, it, you know, if if somebody let you know let's this is all hypothetical that this there's there's no you know I have nothing behind this, but say you know somebody on on the message boards there was more you know message board chatter that people were un, were unhappy with. Uh, you know, the way the offense was going this year. And they said, you know, oh, we're not happy with how Freeze and Montgomery and Cadillac are handling things. Well, if, if you know, if one of those three leaked it that, you know, they were actually unhappy with the other two, then it makes them look better. It's like, oh, well, then maybe they were going along with how this was going, but they didn't really, you know, feel like that's how it should run. It, it may, it, it, a lot of times it makes you, it, you're, you're doing it to make you, to gain more uh, positive, gain more ground on your side of things if, if things get leaked. Uh, okay, maybe it's hot sun. I just don't agree with it. I think sure. it's mature and it's inappropriate. Uh, but moving on, guys, we can't do anything about it. Uh, we can't do anything about tomorrow, tomorrow's game. No. Uh, have you seen the net rankings for us? Have not seen those. But I just, I, no, well, Auburn's. Uh, I just saw it from Nathan King. Auburn's a, a top fifteen, aren't they? Number fourteen. That's right. I saw. I heard that on. Uh, heard that on the radio last night. Yeah. So he's going through our current resume right now. We have. Uh, Two quad one, uh, no, I'm sorry, one quad one loss to Baylor. Yeah. And then we have uh, quadrant two losses to, uh, no, no, uh, to Los Appalachian State. So I didn't know this. I would have somehow, I guess, mistakenly thought that Arkansas would have been a quad one uh, game, but it's not. They're quad two. Uh, guys, well, where, do, where do I think well that Arkansas would be a quad one game? I, I I agree with you. I'm I'm honestly shocked that they're not a quad one. I know they haven't had the best season, but they haven't they've played a really hard uh, non conference schedule. So for them not to be a quad one's a little surprising. I know on Ken Palm they're ranked 59th, but I mean they lost to Oklahoma, Memphis, North Carolina, and uh, the the bad one is UNC Greensboro. But I mean like. Besides that, they got wins. They got a win over Duke and Stanford, and Stanford ran Arizona out of the building. So, I I honestly can't believe that they're not a quad one, Steve. Well, neither did I. But here here they are, guys from Nathan King from the NCAA. I guess 
Here's the remaining quad one games that we have. All right. A and M at Alabama. Okay. At Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. At Ole Miss. Alabama at home. At Florida. Kentucky at home, and at Tennessee. Those are the quad one games we have. Yeah, that make that that sounds about right. A lot over uh, at least half of the SEC is a quad one right now, and you know the, the the way the season goes, some of those could turn into quad two games. Some of those, this Arkansas game could very well turn into a quad one game down the stretch. So they can change it, even though it's after the fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know the the rankings change all the time. Okay, I thought it. No, it's never set in stone. Yeah, because I'm oh, sure okay. at the beginning of the season, Arkansas was a was a quad one team because I think they were ranked, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. So, so they they were quad one, quad two games, guys. Uh, Arkansas already. Ole Miss is a quad two game, mm. and that's at home. South Carolina is a quad two game at home. At Georgia, I didn't think. Georgia was that good to be a quad two game, but uh, they are. Uh, Mississippi State at home and at Missouri. Those are quad two games that are remaining. Yeah, and again, some of those could, you know, if Missouri keeps winning, they, you know, they, they went undefeated for a little bit. If they win, they, they could get up to that quad one area. Other teams can get quad one, and, and some of those quad ones could drop to quad two. Uh, we have two quad three games. Are Remaining quad three games are who? Who do you, who do you get? Think Vanderbilt. Nope. No. Oh. Uh, LSU. Yeah, LSU is one of them, and that's at home. And then uh, the other. Oh gosh. Um, Florida. The others at home. No, 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 no. Oh. Florida's a quad two. Oh, I didn't hear that. Did you say South Carolina in that quad two? Uh, quad two remaining quad two. Ole Miss, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, at Georgia. At Georgia, by the way, is a quad two game. Okay. But at home, that's the other. They're a quad three game. Now, how does that yeah. make sense? I don't know. How do you that's figure weird. that one, guys? I mean, they. I, I would assume that they that's just felt they home court it, advantage. You, you, yeah, I would say you, you get you yeah. get more points for playing it on the road. Okay. Um, who's the other? We have two two remaining quad four games. Who was the other quad three game? LSU. LSU. Okay. The quad four games are. At Vanderbilt uh-huh. and Vanderbilt at home. That's it. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah Vanderbilt's atrocious this year in basketball. You no, know, I'll tell you what. The uh, you know when you look at those net rankings, uh, it you know Bruce Pearl uh, said last night on Tiger Talk that Auburn had to beat Penn this last week uh, by twenty for it not to hurt them. Rowdy. Okay. Well, I know the Vegas people has twenty one and a half, and they somehow managed to beat it. Uh, but guys, to explain this. How do these different rankings? Uh, I just are, are so the the the, uh, the gaps are, are amazing to me. Ken Palm has his number ten. Mm-hmm. Now this guy I never heard of Torvik. Do you know who that is? I, I can't say that I've heard of him. He has his number six. This is the one the outlier. Sagarin, which I thought was a respected, uh, you know, prognosticator. He has his twenty-eight. Mm. Team rankings has a number eight, mm-hmm. and ESPN has a number 12. How do you go from those pretty much, you know, they're in agreement, 10, 6, 8, and 12, to 28? 
Yeah, I, I'm, I would guess that that 28 one is, is putting a little more emphasis on the non-conference schedule uh, that, that you've played because, you know, like you said, the, the, the biggest game so far has been that Baylor game. You lost that game. And, you know, and I know you're getting the job done in, in the rest of those non-conference games and you're winning, uh, but the fact that you lost a neutral side at Baylor, you lost at uh, App State, and then you're, the rest of the, the non-conference uh, is really, you know, the, the, you have a lot of, you've got some names in there that pre- preseason – you looked at it and said, "Oh, this is going to be this is going to be really robust." And you know, Virginia Tech really hasn't panned out. USC hasn't really panned out. Indiana hasn't really uh, panned out as much as you would like them to. And so it, it feels like if if I, I don't know exactly what that one is using, but it feels like that's probably putting a little more emphasis on the the strength of your schedule there and uh, and uh, and what is it? But every one of them, you know, we've talked about it before, Steve. Is that they all use different metrics? Uh, they all use different algorithms, programs, everything to to come up with their rankings. And so it's it's really that and that's why the net rankings are here is is so that you can look at those and you can really see uh you know get a better idea of what the NCAA uh, selection committee is going to be looking at uh, when it comes to uh selection day in March. By the way, actually, okay, yeah. is that formula is that a proprietary formula a secret something uh that the the net rankings by the NCAA uh they does anyone know what their formula is? I, I believe it's to public secret. knowledge. I, I don't think it it's like kept away. I'm pretty sure you can find it. Okay, because I know if they're full, because they have a number 14. Uh, and that's a big difference from that uh, Sagarin of 28. All right, guys, what do you think are our chances to make the Sweet 16? Seeing this team so far, how they performed. Well, I think that just, yeah, I know these guys will Proceeding. chime in and bring their own. I think it just depends on, uh, you know, when you're hot, you're Match hot. Up. And, yeah. and match up, yep. you know, if you get put against, you know, it, it all matters. That's what happened whenever uh, the team in uh, just two years ago, they got faced up against a very guard-heavy team in Miami, and Miami okay. ran them out yeah. of the building because their Score guards well. were just yep. absolutely better than that. But, you know, I think if Auburn would have played a team that didn't have nearly as good as guards instead of Miami that night, I think Auburn would have won. But it just that in basketball, it all matters about stylistic matchups and whenever, you know, if you're hitting your shots or not. You know, we see it every year, it feels like, where, you know, Auburn just gets extremely extremely just win 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 by at least you know 20 points but then it, they kind of hit a lull and uh hopefully Auburn doesn't have that happen this year but that just happens in college basketball you know you just live with that so um yeah, it's just a, it happens yeah right yeah it just oh. you know you could just get put on a tough road stance or you could just be facing tough opponents at the end of the day you know college basketball is weird but uh you know, it's just minimizing the uh, the losses and just uh, getting good whenever it's time to go at the tournament. Yeah, I, I agree with TP what he's saying, but I also I think that this team is built to be able to get to the Sweet 16. I think that this team has good balance. I think that uh, they have played some really good defense. I think I think it could improve to be even better. Uh, but I still like the defense, and obviously uh, we know that this team can score uh, and score in different with in different ways. They had they're versatile when they uh, with how they can score. They don't rely on just one player, and I think that that's kind of been something that uh, past Auburn teams have not had. So. 
any given night they can have somebody that can score and score a decent clip. I mean, just just the other night it was Chad Baker Mazar who scored 16 points. So it's something like that where you don't you don't know who's going to be able to have the hot hand, and that's something that could benefit Auburn in the tournament. So they could make the Sweet 16. I I, I do I I think they have the opportunity to to do so. But again, like TP said, you could go cold. That happens in college basketball matchups. If it's not an ideal matchup for Auburn. That could be something that could absolutely play a part. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of things that just factor into the tournament. And, you know, it's March Madness for a reason, Steve. So you just got to yeah. be able to – you got to try to stay hot. And, and uh, Auburn is a good team. I, I think that they will find some, some success in the tournament and, and it will be a little bit more sustained success uh, than in years past. So it, it'll be something to pay attention to and watch for sure. Well, the only reason I ask that, guys, because – I have no clue. So how can these computers, where they put information in the computer, know anything about our chances? Because uh, it all depends on who the opponents that you're going to be matched up to. Anyway, ESPN has a 48.3 chance of making Sweet 16, uh, just for your FYI there. I mean, right um, at close to 50%. That's not bad. I'd take yeah, that. But they don't even know who... Who our post could be or not? No, you, you, you know, yeah. I mean, it's all based off estimates and numbers. Yeah, They're those, going off strength of schedule, things like that. Um, when you know, win differential, all types of things like that that they're that they're factoring in, and and. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's all numbers, right, at this point. Yeah, it's just all the numbers, and it could, you know, if you get matched up, you know, the, you see it every year where you see a low seed, you know, going upset someone like Furman last year or someone like yeah, that. So, I mean, I mean, did you – I mean, did basketball is chaos, and it's who's the hottest or coldest at that point in time. Yep. Well, speaking of that, guys, I don't know if anybody watched it. I didn't, but I saw the Bleach Report this morning. I said, wow, so even the pros can blow a lead. Uh, you saw what happened last night against Denver. I did. Uh, yeah. I did. For five and a half minutes of the game, they were winning. They were losing one twenty-three to one seven and win the darn game. Yeah, you can never give it up. <laughs> you sh- uh, you're, you're probably lucky Ryan's not on the program to uh, to talk about this, Steve. That was his Warriors that got beat like that. So. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's certainly uh, something, and then obviously they won on the Nuggets won on a buzzer beater. Um, but yeah, I yeah, mean it's the NBA, that? right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's the NBA from <laughs> the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean that's just it's the NBA. You know, it, you can't it, you can't count anybody out. I mean these are all some of the best basketball players in the world. So you got to keep your foot on the pedal. <laughs> and I just saw last night. Maybe you guys caught it on a video clip on the internet this morning. That uh, Mr. Shaq, his jersey is going to be retired uh, by the Orlando uh, people. Uh, yep. The CEO was on there on TNT last night. Yeah, yeah really cool. The, the first retired jersey. Yeah, the first uh, first Magic player to ever get their number retired, and he that? and then it's well deserved. I, I I probably would agree with you. Okay, guys, about the NFL. I Just know a couple more minutes. Ryan Steve. is not he's not in good shape, but uh, surely, surely, Tampa can get into the playoffs by beating pitiful, pathetic, woeful answers, right? You would hope so. Yeah, you would you would hope so. Uh I she, I I also hope I so. Say two other teams this year <laughs> said they should beat the Panthers. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh one of those were one of my teams, so uh yeah. The Panthers wide receiving course also dealing with some illness. I know of uh yesterday or two days ago they only had three wide receivers practicing. Yeah. All right, guys, real quickly, uh, is tomorrow game, is it going to come down to who has the ball the last possession? 
it really could. It really could. Both of these teams are, are, are good, uh, good basketball teams. Uh, it really could come down to who's got at the last possession. Or could it be a nightmare for us? Because this place has been a half of hard, as what my son calls it. Could it be a blowout uh, by them? I don't know. I think that Auburn, this Auburn basketball team learned a lot from that loss at App State. I know this is your first true road game since that, that game, but you know I, I feel like this, this Auburn basketball team, they've really been emphasizing that. Bruce Pearl said it yesterday uh, in, the, in the presser that uh, he's, they've really been emphasizing playing on the road and, and not, doing, not having a repeat of the App State game. So I, honestly, I would be shocked if it's, a, if it's a blowout in Arkansas's favor. Okay, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. The time you give me, as always, my time is way, way up. Uh, TP is always good to hear your voice, even when I hear uh, answering the phone calls. I'm glad you're on the show today. And uh, Ms. Cam? Yes, sir. It's always good to hear your comments and, uh, Absolutely. and thoughtful uh, uh, rebuttals on uh, my nonsense. So with that said, guys, <laughs> uh, Matt, I didn't give him a shout-out. I want to give Matt a, a uh, warrior. Happy New Year to you, man. Uh, I enjoy listening uh, to his comments, too. With that said, guys, have a safe afternoon and enjoy your weekend. And uh, we'll see uh, if the cheaters go down or don't. Right, guys? That's right. <laughs> okay. Where you go, guys? Where you go, Steve? That was retired Wardam Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Just about a minute left here in the hour uh, for the uh, the first hour of the show. Reminder, coming up here in the second hour, we will have our Player of the Week. TP will depart us. Uh, so me and uh, Cam will have the Player of the Week. We'll also have a 5 at 5 at the top of the third hour in the show with the uh, Nightly TV Guide. And potentially somewhere in there, we will have some press conference audio from Bruce Pearl on from yesterday previewing tomorrow's matchup with the Hogs. Uh, about 30 seconds, TP. Want to get your your take? What do you think happens inside Bud Walton Arena tomorrow? I think uh, Arkansas is going to start off hot because they always do. I think Auburn's going to take an early timeout and probably need it, and they'll get themselves together. If you can go into halftime tied, you can definitely win that game because it's going to be really rowdy. You just got to avoid that first wave of chaos at Bud Walton, and I think Auburn, I think Auburn's going to get their first win in Bud Walton in a long time. And uh, I think on Monday you are going to be talking about a big victory for the Tigers. Give us a key player that you think needs to have a big day for the Tigers. Chad Baker Mazzaro. I think he's going to need to really be locked down on defense. I think he'll be able to. I'm going with a key block to get the victory 70-67. to 67. All right, you heard it here first. That is TP's prediction of what happens inside Bud Walton tomorrow. TP, thank you so much for joining us for this hour. Good luck tonight at Smith Station. Have a good call and have a good weekend as well. Thank you and uh, yeah, farewell, Cam. And I won't be able to give my prediction on Monday, so I'm going for I'm going with Washington, thirty-eight to thirty-one. Go Huskies! I almost forgot to ask you that too. So uh, thank you so much, TP. We'll talk to you again next week. We'll hear you over on FM Talk in just about an hour and a half from now. Cam and I will come back with a second hour sports call right after this, which includes your Tiger Communications sports report. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. 
Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starts right now. I am Brooks Childress. It is now just me and Mr. Cam Barry. You're stuck with us. Two hours left. TP has departed. Just him, me and Brooks. Him and Brant making their way to Opelika High School tonight. I want to remind folks, they're making their way to Opelika High School tonight because the Smith Station Panthers basketball back in action tonight over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, uh, as they return to action on our airwaves after the Christmas our Christmas hiatus from them, the girls get started around 5.30-ish, and the boys start uh, 15 to 20 minutes after that. There's a JV game beforehand. That is why the start time for us is not fully clear uh, this evening or this afternoon, but uh, make sure you tune in to that one as Brant and TP will have the call on that one from Opelika High School. Uh, and we, uh, we move on here. we got a great uh, two more hours of the show to come this afternoon. Uh, but we'll go back and we'll, we'll recap what we've been talking about for most of the first hour of the show is that Auburn uh, football searching for a new offensive coordinator as Philip Montgomery has parted ways with the Auburn football program. Hugh Freeze saying in a statement earlier this afternoon, Philip is a good coach and a good man. Decisions like this are never easy. However, I decided this is the best for a program moving forward. I'm appreciative of his efforts this past year and wish him nothing but the best. Auburn ranked 90th nationally in yards per game, 121st in passing, and tied for 71st in scoring while eclipsing 27 points just twice in the final 10 games of the season uh, for the Tigers this year. In year one, the only year under the offensive coordinator, Philip Montgomery. Uh, and so names are already starting to circulate a little bit. Uh there, there's a few names out there. Obviously, the weekend uh, is is going to bring more names to it. Uh, we will uh, um, we're going to hold off on talking about some of those names until you get in. We get to uh, probably the Monday show, uh, unless somebody wants to call in and uh, give us uh, give us their take three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine uh, on the orthopedic clinic phone line. But Cam, you you were talking about it in the first uh, first hour, and we we addressed this the first time. Uh, feels like a move that I think a lot of people either saw coming or thought it could happen uh, or slash needed to happen going into uh, the, the second year of Hugh Freeze. Yeah, yeah. Something that just seemed like it was absolutely necessary. To, uh, Philip Montgomery definitely, he had a history of having good offenses. Uh, like TP said in the first hour, uh, Tulsa had a good offense and, and uh, Montgomery was responsible for the... Uh, for the development of, of RG3, and, and he won a Heisman and, and everything. But uh, it just did not seem to work out here. Just a difference in what seemed like philosophy and uh, how these uh, how, how um, Hugh Freeze wanted the plays called or wanted the offense run a certain way. And um, 
and Montgomery just kind of, I guess, had different ideas. I, I, you know, it, it, again, it was a move that was necessary. I just think that it, I think it was for the best for them, uh, for, for Auburn to be able to move on, uh, from Montgomery and, um, you know, not to say that it wasn't for lack of effort or lack of trying, um, you know, but it just was not something that was fitting here. And uh, whoever the next offensive coordinator is, uh, you could also see that maybe it will just be somebody within uh, Hugh Freeze's blanket that knows his offense, and Hugh Freeze will probably end up taking over the play calling, something along the lines of that. You know, I, I said it yesterday on the uh, on the program that or it was either yesterday or Wednesday. I feel like it may have actually been Wednesday with uh, or, or Tuesday with um, with with Tom on the show. But he was he was talking about how it was necessary to make this move. I was more in the camp of I would have liked to see uh, see the the a year with uh, Philip Montgomery, uh, another year with Philip Montgomery as the offensive coordinator with better wide receivers. Uh, obviously, though, the the thing is 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 what we've gathered from some of the reporting done by our friends in the beat uh, that it was more so a philosophy thing. They didn't, you know, it, it wasn't a, a thing where they didn't like each other. They didn't work well with each other. It was just more of a a offensive philosophy kind of deal between the two uh, offensive philosophy differences. And they tried to make it work. They tried to meld the meld the offenses. But at the end of the day, you know, he freeze, I think saw the writing on the wall said, Hey, you know, maybe, you know, we need to go in a different direction and, uh, made, made the move. And I'll tell you, you know, you don't like to bring it up. You don't like to bring it all up. Uh, every single time there's something happens in, in the Hugh freeze, uh, uh, tenure that, uh, compare it to the last, uh, tenure, but Brian Harson, you know, didn't really do that, uh, with, you know, the, the offense after that first year, uh, you know, there, w- there wasn't a lot of difference that you, you went to the bowl game, uh, with, uh, Eric Keesaw as the, the head coach and you heard as the as the offensive coordinator and you saw that happen and you really didn't you know brian harson didn't really make that change didn't really say we need to go out and do something hugh freeze is doing that is is saying hey there's some differences here we do need to go and uh and make make some change here and yeah you do have to give them credit i know you know a lot of people were were, um, upset at the offense of how it flowed this year uh but uh, you you do give have to give uh, hugh freeze some credit for realizing that mistake and then going out and making a change. You see it so many times. You really see it a lot in the NFL is teams will go out, you know, say yeah. they draft a quarterback, and it's like, this is our number one draft pick. He's our future. Well, year one doesn't really work out, and they do not hit the brakes and try to reset. They're, they try to be like, this is our guy. We've got to make it work, and it doesn't end up working. Right. I know, <clears throat> excuse me, a few years ago, the uh, Arizona Cardinals – did do that where they they drafted Josh Rosen yes. and then one year it was like yeah this isn't working we got to draft somebody else and they they did uh, kudos to them and this is kudos to Hugh Freeze for saying hey this isn't working right now let's let's try to make that change yeah and and also you know to the people that are complaining I know Auburn's had this would be uh, the seventh season that Auburn has had a different offensive coordinator and you could say well obviously you know you want some continuity like you said said Brooks at that at that uh, position but you know obviously through coaching changes through whatever whatever regime changes of course things happen things change whatever guys aren't retained of course it's going to be a different name as as there's different philosophies through offense so that's just kind of a part of the game and how things happen well I think again I give I give Hugh Freeze credit that okay it's not working so you try to find somebody or a, a solution that will work so you know 
why not go for it? You know, just just do it and see how things play out. And, and if the offense looks bad next year, then, you know, we kind of have to start looking at, okay, is this a, a Hugh Freeze issue and things like that. But for right now, you can look in and say – comfortably that this was you know philip montgomery and he had control of a lot of the offense for a lot of the season and uh things were not working out well so uh you just better to pull the plug now move on because then what you think the offense is going to improve next year i mean there's some questions to that and then if it does then you're kind of stuck or if it doesn't then you're kind of stuck and then what do you do there and so it, it better to just move on now and see if you can really improve uh going into next season than uh be stuck in the mud uh for however partial uh of the season going into next year and you know again like i said we're not going to get into the names it's you know real, literally felt and company was fired an, an hour and a half ago right, two hours ago right. so the name any names that are thrown body's out there, not cold yet guys yeah yeah, the body, uh, uh, the the names that are thrown out there right now, uh, you know, is, is there. There's some, you know, there, I'm sure there's some meat there, but there, it's, you know, it, it's really, you know, too early. We're gonna, let, I'm gonna try to let the the weekend play out, see where where we are come Monday to, to talk more name specific. But the biggest question here, and and you kind of brought it up. Uh, well, we we brought in the first hour, but you you re brought it up just a moment ago, uh, Cam. Is that the the question for Hugh Freeze here is? Do you go back to another guy that's going to be a play caller? Do you go back to another guy that you're going to bring in and you're still going to be, remain, you know, the CEO type, not really involved in the play calling, which we know that Hugh Freeze talked about this uh, throughout the season, that he wanted to get back into play calling. He was focusing in game planning. He was mo- mainly focusing on that recruiting aspects of things and, and trying to, you know, build back the program uh, on the recruiting side of things. Uh, and so does he go back to what they had with Phil Montgomery and a guy that's going to be play calling and is going to be more involved in the game plan uh, than uh, about the same level of game planning that, that Philip Montgomery did? Or do you go the direction of uh, kind of what Gus Malzahn did a little in the off and on years where he would bring in a guy that was an offensive coordinator in name because he would work, he, you know, he would just work with the, the offense, work with the quarterbacks, but it would really be Gus Malzahn calling the plays. Is that what Hugh Freeze does here? is go and get somebody that he's familiar with that would work well with him. But Hugh Freeze is the, the main game planner. Hugh Freeze is the main play caller. That's going to be a big question. Uh, do you, at this point right now, do you, what, what do you think? Do you, would you rather see a guy come in that's a little more experienced with the OC position that's going to be more in the play calling role? Or do you want to see Hugh Freeze back in that play calling uh, position? Well, I think I think I'd like to see Hugh Freeze back in that play calling position. Honestly, I th- I think um, yeah, I, I think I'd rather just see him make that move and 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 uh, and go back to what he kind of hung his hat on, which is calling offensive plays and and um, you know running his offense. I think uh, that would be the best kind of way to. Uh, expedite the situation and move forward. And I, I just, I, I truly think that he should just go back to calling plays. I know he had to focus on recruiting uh, and I know that's, that's big time for him. And obviously he wanted to rebuild the program and he did a fantastic job. Auburn, you know, is, is uh, in the top 10 uh, in, in class for 2024. And, and so I know the man's been recruiting his butt off, but now it's time to put a product on the field. You know, mm-hmm. it's time to really reap the, reap the, the benefits of what you've sown with this talent. So now you, you want to see some results. Uh, and I think the fans are, are ready for that. I, I think I'm. I think I'm in the same boat as you. 
I'm gonna I'm probably I'm gonna take the weekend to think about it. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm in the same boat as you, where you want to see. I, w- I would like to see F- Hugh Freeze back in charge of that offense, back in charge of play calling. Uh, and I think you know, and I'm just you know reading what reading maybe reading too much into it, but some writing on the wall. You bring in Charles Kelly on the defense side of things, known recruiter. When he was at Alabama, he was a a very good recruiter for Alabama. Now you go in. And you, if you bring in an offensive guy, there's a few names out there that are not necessarily play callers, but they're very good recruiters yes, right now. Yes, right, right, um, And right. so maybe you, you know, the, you couple it with the Charles Kelly hire, and that way you've got you bring in two excellent Elite. recruiters on yes. both sides of the ball, where you can, if you're Hugh Freeze, can back off that recruiting just a little bit. Obviously, not altogether, not you know, not a Brian Harson. No, deal no, saying, not hey, a complete hands off. But my, kind of back off that recruiting a little bit. Say you guys take the forefront on this. I will come in, seal the deal as the as the head coach right. and, and and such. Right. And then uh, you, he gets back to a little bit more play calling. So I think uh, it, right now, I think that's where I would like to see it go is to is to get Q Freeze back into that play calling role, back into running that offense, running the offensive game plan. And then you've got two guys, one on the offensive side, one on the defensive side now uh, that would be very, very good recruiters, uh, also helping out with, with both game plans, but that can take more of a lead on that, that side of the, uh, each side of the football in uh, reeling in some of those big fish that Auburn desperately needs to get a hold of to be able to, quote, what uh, Hugh Freeze says, close the gap. Because it's, it's like you said, it, you, know, you, you get in, you started to, you've turned the, you've started to turn the ship with recruiting-wise. Um, it, it's obviously still not where you would like it to be, uh, but you've you've made big strides. You've gotten yourself into a top ten class. Uh, obviously, there's some different areas that you would like to have a little bit more uh, recruiting wise. I think uh, a lot of people point to that offensive line recruiting this year. Right. Uh, you'd like to have a little bit more there. Although the the recruits you you have on that offensive line are, are pretty highly touted. Absolutely. Uh, but you would still like to fill that, that fill that a little bit more in future years. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze talked about it be, uh, earlier early in his tenure. Is that the the Auburn Boosters, the Auburn uh, athletics department, everybody is kind of in lockstep. He, he taught. He he yes. said, "quote lockstep." Now, you t- what, what you mentioned, you, it's time to put a product on the field. It, it it next year, it starts to be time to put a product on the field because everybody's in lockstep right now. You don't want them to be in lockstep nope. going the other way yep. against you. Absolutely. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four and locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine is how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's hit our first break of hour number two. We'll shift gears when we come back. We'll talk some Auburn basketball. They tip off SEC play tomorrow in Fayetteville, Arkansas against the Hogs. We'll talk about that. We'll hear from Bruce Pearl after this. Want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. <laughs> Sports 
Paul can now be heard on all Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon in the top left. Tap Skills and Games the menu. Search for Sports Call Auburn. Select that skill, select Enable to Use, and you're done. All you have to do then is say, Hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. And you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Friday edition of Sports Call rolls on here. I am Brooks Childress. Cam Barry joining me in the studio. Filling Hello. in for I'm filling in for Ryan Lavoy. Both of us would be on the show right now, normally. True. But Ryan would be in the seat. Ryan feeling under the weather today, so he's out of the office. Uh, we do wish him a speedy recovery uh, from his illness, though. Uh, and so he hopefully we have him back early on next week. Yes. Uh, we've been talking a lot of Auburn football. Uh, we turn our attention now to the sport that's actually in season uh, for Auburn, Auburn basketball. Hoops. They start SEC play tomorrow as they travel to Bud Walton Arena. We will hear from uh, Coach Bruce Pearl in just a few minutes, but before we get to that and get to his preview yesterday of the uh, of, of the game in Fayetteville tomorrow, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about this game, Cam. Auburn Got ranked earlier this week for the first time this season. They are 11-2 and two coming into this one. Obviously have not played an SEC game yet. Nobody in the Southeastern Conference has played an SEC game yet. So they are coming in 11-2, and two, the two losses, uh, both away from Neville Arena. One a neutral site game up in South Dakota against Baylor. The other one in North Carolina against App State. Uh, that was a true road game. This is the first true road game for the Tigers since that App State loss. Arkansas, on the other hand, are nine and four. A uh, little bit of sluggish start, but they seem to be uh, starting to round into a little bit of form. Uh, they, they're starting to hit hit a little bit of a stride here as we go down the stretch. Put up 106 against uh, UNC uh, Wilmington last time out that they played uh, earlier this week. So, Cam, you look at this game tomorrow. You look at uh, what the 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 difficulties the Auburn basketball team is going to face at Bud Walton Arena tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this basketball game for the Tigers? Yeah, um, so this will be an interesting matchup. It will be a very, very difficult matchup for the Tigers, of course. Uh, you know, anytime you go into Bud Walton Arena, it, it's going to be a battle uh, just because of how motivated the Arkansas is going to be. The, you're right, this team did have a slow and uh, sluggish start, uh, and I think that had to do with a lot of the team being made up of transfers, right? Uh, the, the They just kind of had to figure out how to work together and gel and all these things. They they didn't, uh, re- they returned, you know, like I think maybe like, what, four or five players, uh, and, and not all of them had gotten minutes. Like Brazil last year, he didn't even play. So, uh, or it didn't play, I mean, for I would say most of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was, you know, definitely a, a guy that they missed last year, wanted to get him back. Now he's leading the team in rebounding. Uh, and then, you, you know, you bring back, uh, tr- you get Tremont Mark, who uh, transfers from uh, Houston. So he's a, he's a solid, solid player uh, leading the team in scoring. Uh, but yeah, it, it just seems like, I mean, wow. So the, the UNC Wilmington game, they did put up one Oh six, but they gave up 90 points to UNC Wilmington. So mm-hmm. that's definitely a concern. Uh, they probably are not that great on defense. So Auburn should be able to capitalize on that. The lack of defense that they have, uh, Auburn should be able to score pretty easily. So it's a matter of just getting stops. Uh, if you can get stops on defense, you'll definitely be, um, very uh you'll definitely be set up for success auburn's guards have not had 
issues really I uh, knock on wood issues with turnovers uh, really have not you know they, they had the game against Alabama State where they kind of had uh, got a little turnover happy early in the game uh, and then cleaned things up uh, after that but uh, now they're they're good the pen game they had a low turnover game again high assist ratio uh, high assist to low or what is it high high assist to turnover ratio low assist yeah. to turnover ratio I don't know high assist low turnovers yeah. I'll put it that way yeah. um, and uh, so yeah so it, uh, Auburn is set up for success here but you just got I mean the environment's gonna play a part it's gonna be a a, a, a loud loud environment. Uh, so can your guards hold up? I, I have faith that Auburn will be able to do that. Uh, and then obviously got to get Janai Broom going kind of fast and kind of early uh, so that, you know, he's involved into the game plan. And then after that, uh, it's about your role players and what they can do. And so it'll be a big one. I kind of agree with what TP said, like a high impact player. I think that would be uh, uh, Chad Baker Mazzara. I think he's going to be a very impactful uh, an important player uh, to watch for just throughout the season because he does a lot of what seems like the dirty work, especially on defense, uh, to really try and uh, lock down the team's best player. So uh, it'll be something to watch for sure, and he'll probably end up getting uh, matched up with Tremont Mark. So uh, th- we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, it should be a good one. Our final outlook on this game coming up in just a little bit. But before we get to that, I want to give you a chance to hear from Bruce Pearl yesterday at his presser ahead of their trip to Arkansas. Uh, tune in here right now for to hear Bruce Pearl's thoughts on the game tomorrow. Seems like we play Arkansas early in the SEC all the time, uh, whether it be here or there. Um, probably not a tougher place to open um, just because of the, uh, the, the fan base and the, the intensity the noise, um, you know, last time we were there, we were number one in the country and got court stormed. And, um, you know, that's a, it's a great venue, you know, great history and tradition. Um, and uh, it's a really good team. Um, the, uh, they played as tough a schedule, you know, as there is um, uh, in the country. You know, their losses are a couple like to North Carolina or to uh, Oklahoma, um, you know, lost to some teams that are potentially, you know, elite eight type caliber teams. They beat Duke at home in the ACC, SEC matchup. Um, the outstanding offensive team. They average about a little over 82 points a game, and they're, they're good. They're better offensively this year than they were last year. Even though they lost a couple of you know, first-round draft picks, they're just they're better. Uh, they're quicker in the backcourt. They're faster. Um, they shoot it better. Last year, if they had an Achilles heel, it was uh, their ability to shoot the basketball. That's not the case this year. They're they're shooting up, you know, 35% from three, and they make, you know, seven of them a game. So, uh, our great challenge will be obviously, you know, defensively. Um, how do we how do we guard them? Um, uh, in their losses, they've been in the mid 70s, low 70s, and so, you know, they're scoring 82. We're holding teams to 68. Um, you know, if we can if, if if we can hold them down in the 70s, we got a fighting chance. Um, Last time we went on a road, true road game at App State, we, you know, we didn't handle it very well, didn't shoot it very well. Um, we uh, we uh, battled and hung on, um, but um, so this will be the t- I would say this will be the toughest challenge of the year. Uh, this is this is the most talented team we played. This t- this team is more talented than Baylor. Um, they got they got more depth um, and. Uh, you know, they were preseason pick third in our league. So 
not everybody will be able to have it go to Arkansas and have a chance. Um, you know, we hope to be a team that can go on the road and compete with the best teams in our league, and this is certainly one of them. You mentioned the uh, the uh, App State game as like a turning point in the season so far for the, for the for this team. As you head back on the road again for the first time since then, what have you guys learned about playing a road game with this team? Well, I mean, uh, the guys will. I mean, obviously, the crowd noise um, will be it'll be deafening, you know. So we uh, we rely on communication a great deal. Uh, both the players out there on the floor communicating each other with each other in coverages, um, they won't hear each other nearly as well. So they've got to be able to read body languages and, and things along those lines. Uh, they won't be able to hear me. And so play calling will be challenging. Um, and so they're going to have to pay closer attention in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an adverse situation. Great home court advantages do two things. One, it can elevate the level of play of the home team. And it's always elevated Arkansas's play. Okay, Neville Arena elevates our play. It just does. All right. Um, sometimes the environment can also be a factor with the opponent. We see that in Jordan Hare Stadium every year. We see it every year. Um, and um, uh, I think that last year, I don't think the road environment um, was a factor for us. I thought we handled it pretty well. I mean, we. We, we lost some close games on the road, but those close losses were really important in our making the NCAA tournament and our being in an 8-9 game. Um, and so, uh, but I did think the environment absolutely affected our play. I do. I think it affected our play. Um, and it may have elevated App State's play. If our play gets affected adversely in Arkansas, we, 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 we'll get run out. Bruce, you've coached in this league a long time. What, what, is, what does it take to win on the road in this league? Like the teams that you've had that have been able to do that consistently, what, what, is there anything well, that kind of stands about them? win championships and, you know, the ability to guard and make it hard for them uh, and don't give them second shots and, you know, being able to, you know, obviously make shots, make free throws and not turn the ball over. So, you know, if we can, if we can continue to take care of the ball, we've got to shoot it better. Um, and uh, not get beat in transition and a crazy track meet. Um, we haven't had success. We've only been on a, a true road game, one game. So we've done a great job in neutral sites. Um, we're going to learn a lot. Do you kind of turn up the intensity for, for SEC play from like a practice and preparation perspective? Or do you say, hey, we're on a six-game winning streak kind of ride the things you guys are doing. I guess just how does, how does preparation sort of change for you guys going into SEC, or is yeah. it similar to non-con? Oh, it's exactly the same. It, it is. It is I'm, a, I'm a pretty – it's not superstition. It's just I like the routine of, of what we do and how we do it. And, uh, you know, um, whether it's a Tuesday, Saturday, we set, up, we set it up uh, for Chattanooga Saturday, Penn Tuesday, and then a, a Saturday game in conference – and then a Tuesday Texas A&M game, we sort of set that up so that we could begin to feel like we were in a conference you know, play. And, and we open up against two of the top five teams in the league in, in Arkansas and Texas A&M. Um, but it'll be, it'll be the same. Um, and I, you know, one of the reasons why I coach the same way, one of the reasons why I practice the same way, and I don't change, is they don't, get, they don't see me any more excited about playing Arkansas 
than Arkansas State. It, it just don't. I'm the same. And and um, and I want them to be. You know, I want them to be. You know, excited about playing every every opponent. Trey and, and, and Aiden, obviously, they, they've been playing well. What do you sort of, I guess, first of all, do you like kind of where they're at going in SEC play? And what are you telling them to try to prepare them for SEC play? Or is it just you're going to find out? Yeah. Well, I think, I think you've got to give your point guards credit when your offensive analytical numbers are where they are right now. Because they're trusting their teammates in, in, in transition and not just sitting on the ball. They're getting it ahead and trusting uh, the, the advance passes and some of the rim runs. Um, and then, for the most part, they're not trying to do too much for themselves and then get themselves in trouble and then have to get bailed out, all right? They're, they're taking good shots. They're, they're making good plays. They're, they're being, you know, being efficient. Um, they're both capable of doing more offensively, but, they're, but, but also there's something said about not getting themselves in too much trouble. And that's been, that's been really positive for them. It's called valuing possessions. Um, defensively, they're both targets. They're both because they're young, and they're small, by standards of the league. So they're both going to get targeted. They're going to they're going to find a way to get those matchups and attack those matchups defensively. And I'm not giving any scouting report away. That's that's just what they're going to do. It's what I do as a play caller. Uh, Coach, just to shift gears a little bit, the women open SEC play today against you know really historic Tennessee team. Um, just kind of what have you seen being in the building with Coach Jay? What have you seen? You know, how has she kind of changed this program? And obviously she has them sitting pretty well yep. um, heading into SEC play themselves yep. as well. Well, this is as athletic a team as she's had. They're quick. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, and, and she's got some size on the front line. She's not, man, you know, they, they've been so shorthanded the last couple years. It's just been a, it's been a talent mismatch. And she, she's got an SEC talent level roster right now. Um, and uh, she's got some balance inside out and some kids that are hard to cover and they're playing well together. So um, excited for tonight's game. Last time Tennessee came in here, they, they lost. And we'll see if we can repeat that again tonight. Bruce, I want to ask you about KD. Um, you know, senior year, it's a season, I mean, a career low in minutes. But if you look across the board, his, his efficiency is up, his play is up overall. Just how much have you seen him kind of embrace this role and, 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 and you know, be that positive player off the bench for you? Yeah, he's, he's really done a nice job of, of, of making positive impact both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, I think just buying into, buying into the team concept. Um, what happens is when you get in a conference play and you play your best against your best teams, typically your best players have to play well. I mean, that's what's got to play right now. In conference play right now, our best players have to play well if we're going to win because everybody's challenged. And, um, and so I think that, um, you know, just from, you know, from, from KD's standpoint, he's, he's impacted us defensively. That second unit comes in, and, and, and in many ways that second unit is better defensively than the starting unit. And uh, it's, it's shown – uh, it, that's that's shown on several occasions. Um, that so that energy, um, and then I just think that again, um, making better decisions. You know, his assist turnover ratio, his shooting percentages are starting to increase after a little bit of a slow start. So, um, you know, but we're a lot of a lot of coaches will you know play a bunch of guys in non-conference and then they get in a conference play and they'll shorten the bench. I, I'm not going to. 
these these 11 guys deserve what they're getting, and um, they've just got to be productive when they're on the floor. Following up on that, you, you mentioned kind of your best players having to play well in SEC play. You guys have been able to win in the non-conference, though, even when your best prep even when your best guys haven't played well. What does that say about, you talk so much about the 10-man rotation, how deep the, the bench is. To this point in the year, what does it say about your team that you've been able to win even you know, when those guys might not have their best stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got balance and we've got depth, and, and it, 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 it helps us in foul trouble or, you know, God forbid, an injury. Um, but now that we're going against, now that we are you know, where we're at right now, conference plays, our, our best players have got to be there for us to be able to win. They just are. Um, and um, but I think I think the thing that this team has done is is look, you guys know I I, I thought where we were predicted in the league is about where we, we should be. I thought that was about right. I would have taken the five teams that were picked ahead of us, and I'd have put all of them ahead of us, and I'd have put us right in there at six or seven. Um, and and I think we've sort of played that way, maybe a little bit better. Um, now the, the the next the next step will be as the size and the athleticism and the physicality increases night in and night out. Um, you know, if, if Joel, Joel Lenardi's right, and there are potentially nine teams going into the NCAA tournament, um, virtually every night it's a pick em. You know, maybe the home team has a, is going to be favored a lot of times. But it's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to lose games now that we're in conference play. And how we handle adversity, take them one at a time. Matchups are going to be important. There are certain teams that we're going to play well against because of, because of the matchups, because of the styles of play. We can't get too high. We win a few in a row. We can't get too concerned if we lose a couple of them. That was head coach Bruce Pearl for the Auburn men's basketball team previewing the Arkansas game tomorrow uh, as the Tigers open SEC play against the Arkansas Razorbacks at Bud Walton Arena. We're going to go ahead and send it to our next break of the hour when we come back. We will have one final segment here in hour number two. We'll talk more Auburn basketball. We'll get to our sports call player of the week is what we will definitely do and uh, get you to the five o'clock hour right after this. Sports Call Crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to this Friday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, streaming online on our website, thetiger.fm, or our free Tiger Communications app, available on any app store you have, as well as you can listen to us after the fact on the Sports Call podcast. You want to give us a call, join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line where all of our Sports Call callers and guests join us. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 as your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. 334-887-341, locally, toll free one 888 tiger 9 That's how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line to talk to me, Brooks Childress, and Cam Barry on the show this afternoon. 
Hello. And we will go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line right now at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. And we're going to have a repeat caller. This is a, a rare treat on this Friday. It is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve rejoins the program. How are you used to this uh, after the first hour, Steve? Well, I enjoy hearing the uh, interview or the press conference, I guess, with uh, Coach uh, Pearl. But I was calling that guy for two questions, and I'll leave it to that. All right. One is about... The uh, the firing of Philip Marshall. Surely, surely, okay, I'm saying this. Uh, Coach Freeze had already either one or two people in mind before he made this decision. Wouldn't you think? I would think so. I, I would think that he's already, uh, when he made the decision, he probably started to put together a list. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's going to look at some guys that are very close to him, uh, that close to his offensive philosophy, a little bit closer than what Montgomery was. Uh, but, yeah, I'm fairly sure he probably has a short list of guys. And I'm fairly certain you keep a short list at all times of guys if, if something were to happen, uh, that you, you've got guys that you can make, go ahead and start calling. And I would even uh, educationally guess that he's probably already contacted somebody by now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. My second question is a little bit paranoid on my part. Please tell me, guys, I shouldn't be uh, this paranoid. We're not seeing... Coach Freeze become a Gus Malzahn 2.0, are we, with all these offensive uh, changes, you know, Leffler and uh, Lashley and all that nonsense? No, I, I mean... I, I mean, it's only been one firing, Steve. Yeah, I, you can't really bucket as a I know, trend. But it you, yeah, but you, right, but you can't call it a trend until it becomes a trend. It's only one time, and it clearly wasn't working with Montgomery. Also, I, I would probably point out. I would probably. I would also point out that after all, you know, the the boosters and, and folks that saw what happened with Gus Malzahn are not going to be uh, more apt to say, "Oh yeah, let's repeat this because this is quote unquote our guy." Because Gus Malzahn at one point was quote their guy, and that that's who they hired. And so after seeing that, what you know, the the oh here's our my he's calling plays. No, I'm calling plays. No, they're calling plays. No, I'm calling plays. I don't think that's going. The 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 boosters and the powers that be are going to let that happen like it did with with Gus Malzahn. Okay, the only reason I became a little bit uneasy about this is during the games mm-hmm. uh, this season, you know, there were times, even and he acknowledged it, that he didn't make the play calls, uh, then he did, and then he says, I'm taking over. Um, that's what troubled me. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Gus Malzahn 2.0 here. I, I don't, you know, again, I, I, it, it's the the first year. I think he he saw that, you know, he made the hire of Montgomery last year. Kind of, you know, after one year, he's like, all right, that didn't work out. Let's go, you know, let's move on. I, I feel like, you know, the, just the feeling. It feels like he's going to go get a guy that is more in line with uh, with his offensive philosophy. They're going to meld mesh a little bit better. He probably even uh, could even go back and take over play calling full time because that's what he really, you know, he talked about it this year quite a bit that he missed play calling so much uh and that he did it to focus more on recruiting and so uh, the only reason the only reason i would think he would if if he goes back to play calling this year uh this coming year we would go back to being that ceo and say hey let's get someone else in is if he sees a a significant dip in recruiting that he says i've got to get back into that realm but I, i think that's why you know we talked about a little bit earlier i think that's why you bring in a guy like charles kelly on the defensive side of the ball and then you uh you bring in a guy on the offensive side uh that can definitely uh that is a proven recruiter and can get those big names into the building with that guys my final question you guys is it you know what's the track record of coaches can they be effectively coaches as well as coaching 
either the defensive offensive side of the ball game? I, I think it really depends on if you've got a, a proven commodity or a, a, a good uh, guy on the other side of that football. Uh, if, if you've got a really good defensive coordinator – I think it really, really helps you, and I think Ron Roberts this year proved that he's able to, you know, uh, be that guy that can be trusted with, you know, hey, I'm going to be on the offensive side of things. I'm going to look at, you know, I'm going to primarily focus on the offense. I'll come over and check on you guys every once in a while because I am the head coach, but I can kind of leave you to your own devices. You know, Gus Malzahn kind of did that uh, in these last few years with Kevin Steele is he said, you are handling the defense. I'll come and check on you guys, but you guys are on the defense side of the ball. And you, you saw the, the defense in Auburn under Gus Malzahn was never the issue. It, it was always a, a, a top-level defense. NFL scouts were showing up to, to you know, get the defense. Heck, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, they uh, two, uh, half of their secondary at one point was Auburn guys. And so it's it, it, it really depends on who you have on the other side of the, the, the football. And so for Hugh Freeze, I, I think as long as you keep Ron Roberts and now you're adding Charles Kelly to that, that equation on that for the defensive coordinator – uh, that that really helps you and be able to focus on one side of the football as as be the head coach. And Brooks, since you mentioned Ron Roberts, his name is now being uh, blogged and discussed uh, rumor wise that he may be next. Um, your thoughts? Because I was wondering why did Charles Kelly Kelly come in and how would Ron Roberts feel about having a co coordinator? I don't think I didn't think I think. The Kelly's going to handle the secondary and basically take off, uh, take over where uh, McGriff left uh, left a spot uh, because Ron Roberts' defense was great last year. I think they were. I mean, they were the number one red zone defense in the SEC. They were one of the top defenses uh, in the SEC. So I I I don't see why he would be fired because again the defense was the bright spot for this team. Uh, so I hope until, that's not the case until until the Iron Bowl in the Maryland game. I mean. I mean, so look, the, the Iron Bowl, you were one the, play. The one away. play doesn't define a defense, Steve. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It, I know, but 31 will never go away from me. It, it, that, and that's understandable. That's fine, but it doesn't define the entirety of the defense, and that is a good defense. That was and a good defense nothing, last year. And, and then that, it doesn't sit well with me. 21 nothing in the first quarter. That, well, that's true, right. and that's, it's, it's not a good look. But you look at the rest of that game, and they, they shut down Maryland after that first quarter. And if Auburn well, had I know, a. If, I, I know, guys. If, if Auburn, I don't want to belabor it, but after that, it was over with. But if, if Auburn had had, if Auburn on the offensive side of the football had been a little bit better, had been able to make their adjustments, had heck, had, had you know throughout the year had been a little bit better. I don't think you see them get into that twenty-one to nothing hole. I think it's you know Auburn's able to go to score on the offensive side of the ball one of their few possessions before it got to be twenty-one to nothing. And you say, and you have to remember, Steve, as well that they were playing some young guys as well in that secondary for for the defense. So there were going to be mental lapses and mistakes. It was going to happen. Zion Puckett and Keontae Scott were the only two truly experienced guys in that secondary they were playing. Everybody else had opted out. And then the D line, we lost our D, uh, Auburn lost the best defensive lineman that we had on the team in Marcus Harris because he decided to opt out and he was going to the NFL draft. So you're losing, you lost a lot of production on the defense. That a lot of the talent on the defense didn't even play in the game. So you can't be too upset over that and take that away as as saying, well, the defense wasn't great and just they gave it all up to Maryland. No, that's no, that defense was good this year. I will stand on that, no matter what you say. Okay. Ron well, Roberts' job should said, be safe. With that said, guys, thank you for taking my phone call twice now. So I'll uh, let you guys uh, be peacefully un- <laughs> un- 
having uh, un, 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 unable to uh, have to put up with me uh, eat on for the rest of the weekend. So have a again a restful and enjoyable weekend, and uh, we'll see uh, how our team uh, handles uh, Arkansas tomorrow. Absolutely, Steve. Thank you for the phone call once again, Steve. Go, Steve. Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line once again. Uh, about out of time here. If, if uh, but you know, like like you said, Ron Roberts. When it comes to quote parting ways, like the the nah. Montgomery should not no, happen. Should if not. he leaves yes. on his own if volition, he leaves for a new that job, could be you know that that's a different story. Fine, that's a different story. I agree. But it, it, but it, it, to say that he should. No, yeah, it, or any but any rumblings that that's garbage. I don't buy that. I don't buy that for a second. I, that's the one thing about blogs and message boards that just drives me up a wall because it's all rumors. You don't know. Nobody on those message boards truly knows mm-hmm. unless it's somebody that's an actual source, like like the you know the on three the guys, the writers, all of those. Those are actual sources. But anybody else, no, I'm not buying any of that garbage. The one thing I do know is that after this break, we're coming back with a third hour of sports. It's going on a Friday. Let's do it. Right after this, I'm Brooks Childress. Cam Berry joining me here on the program. We have the Tiger Communications Sports Sport. When we come back, 5 at 5, brought to you by friends at Southeastern Land Group. We'll also get to our Player of the Week in this third hour and wrap things up at the end of the third hour with a nightly TV guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stay tuned. Third and final hour of this week of Sports Call right after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call on this Friday starts right now. I am Brooks Childress, Cam Barry. And I'm Cam Barry. Joins me on the program. Filling in for Ryan LaVoy. He's under the weather today, so took the day off. Hopefully we have him back first next week. But we have been carrying the torch so far for this Sports Call show. Uh, if you missed anything, make sure you go listen to it on the Sports Call podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It'll be posted shortly after we get off the air today, so make sure you go and listen to that. But it is the third hour of the show, which means we kick things off with the Sports Call 5 at 5, brought to our friends who are at Southeastern Land Group. Uh, John Harden, Brian Watts are your local Southeast Land Group agents. Make sure you check them out, sclandgroup.com. If one of your New Year's resolutions has been to get out in nature more and kind of be, be out in the in the wilderness oh, a Oh, you're bit trying more, to be a nature boy? I'm, I'm not saying mine is. I'm just saying if yours, somebody oh, out there was, okay, okay. the best place to do that is your own land. Uh, and nice. the guys at Southeastern Land Group can help you get your own land uh, 
with uh, their help, selandgroup.com. So our five at five, uh, we're going to go back to a classic that I've liked to do throughout the college football season. Uh, usually on Tuesdays during the college football season is when the ratings have come out for the previous week. So we're going to look at week three of bowl week, uh, the top five rated games. Uh, not going to be any shock to you, though. Five of these, the all five of the top five are five of the six New Year's Six games. And so we will start things off with the Sports Call 5 at 5 with... Number five. We're going five to one today. Uh, so number five on that list was the Miss uh, Ole, the Peach Bowl, Ole Miss and Penn State. Ole Miss, a decisive win over Penn State with a 4.3 rating, peaking at 7.7 million viewers uh, for the game between the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Ole Miss Rebels. Then coming in at number four. Number four was the Cotton Bowl featuring Missouri taking down Ohio State, a 4.9 in the rating scale. 9.72 million viewers was the peak for the Cotton Bowl, the standalone Cotton Bowl on uh, Friday night of last week, one week ago tonight, actually. Uh, then we move to number three. Number three was that Orange Bowl, Georgia blowing out Florida State with a 5.2 rating, uh, but 10.39 million people tuned in to watch that one. I think a lot of people probably tuned in to see if Florida State could hang with Georgia, could prove the the college football playoff committee wrong. Maybe there were some people that uh, that that watched the game to say, "Hey, this is uh, you know we we told you so. This is why they shouldn't have been in." Uh, but anyway, 10.39 million people tuned in to watch Georgia and Florida State, two very big brands in college football. Uh, going in the Orange Bowl. Then, number two. The top two, of course, no surprise, it was the playoff semifinals. Number two, of course, was the Sugar Bowl with Washington and Texas, a 9.3 rating, uh, 18.77 million people at its peak. And then, of course, number one. Number one this past week in the College Football Week 3 Bowl ratings was the Rose Bowl. Michigan's electric overtime win over Alabama, 13 on the rating scale, 27.76 million people tuned in to watch the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Uh, no shock to probably anybody. That was the the higher touted uh-huh. game between the two. I don't know why it was so much higher touted than the other one. I guess because Michigan was was rated number one and Alabama was the is is the team that you're always seeing the playoff. Yeah. But the the second game, the the Sugar Bowl was just as good. It was. It I'm was, saying. I mean, it was two offensive programs there. Quinn Ewers versus Michael Penix Jr. Uh, was it was a, a great game, and so both of those games got the top two billings. Uh, and I'll tell you what, the Michigan Alabama game though. Almost 10 million more people watched the the Rose Bowl than they did the Sugar Bowl, so that is impressive. That is crazy. Um, other notables, uh, number six was Tennessee, or by the way, that was the five at five, brought to my friend the Southeastern Land Group. Uh, the number six was the Citrus Bowl, Tennessee and Iowa, had a 6.8 million viewers. Uh, that was over the Fiesta Bowl, which was Oregon and Liberty. Liberty not drawing a lot of eyes there, 4.67 million. That LSU-Wisconsin uh, ReliaQuest Bowl at a 4.61 million viewers. You got to go down the list a little ways, though, to find Auburn. Auburn was down toward the bottom here, only peaking at 2.63 million between the Terps and the Tigers. Because half the fan base was in Nashville. Half the fan base was in Nashville. Also, uh, more of the national audience, I'm sure, was tuned into that uh, Ole Miss-Penn State game. By the time they flipped over to see Auburn, it was already 21 to nothing or, or, or whatever the, the score yep. was at the time you tuned in. And then uh, you, you flipped it right back off and went back to uh, what, whatever else you're watching. On, you know, surprising. This is not, I mean, it's kind of surprising. Uh, at the bottom of this list, the, the lowest rated bowl game of the week of week three was that uh, Arizona Bowl, the Wyoming versus Toledo, Craig Bowl's last ride. It's still got 1.1 million. Arizona uh, Bowl, that's the Barstool that's one, That's the Barstool right? Bowl. Still 
got over a million viewers to watch that bowl game. So every bowl game from week three in in the week three reached over one million viewers. So if you're telling me that people don't care watching the bowl games, people care about watching the bowl people games. People care. Um, so that it was your five at five. Also, look, uh, extra look at the rest of the bowl rankings. Speaking of that second uh, playoff game, though, in the uh, in, in with the uh, Texas Longhorns versus the Washington Huskies, the Huskies preparing to play in a national championship on Monday against Michigan, but their quarterback has something else special happen to him. He was named Sports Calls Player of the Week. Sports Calls Player of the Week. Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. is Sports Calls Player of the Week. The star lefty put the Huskies on his back on Monday night, completing 29 of his 38 pass attempts for 430 yards and two touchdowns to win the college football playoff semifinal over Texas by a score of 37-31. to 31. The win pushes Washington through to the national title game to face off against Michigan, giving the Huskies their first real shot at a title since 1991. Michael Penix Jr. is Sports Calls Player of the Week. Player of the Week this week. The first Player of the Week for 2024. Yeah. Congratulations, Woo. Michael Penix Jr. Congratulations, he Michael Penix Jr. He's got Dude. a real shot at winning it back-to-back weeks if he wins a national title seriously, on Monday. Seriously, seriously. He balled out in that game against Texas, was making some really, really nice throws. I love that he's a lefty. Uh, yeah. I am also a lefty, so lefties unite. <laughs> and then also, um, I mean... He's making some real Sunday throws, like yeah. some real NFL like pinpoint throws that I saw. I mean, I was I was very impressed with Michael Penix Jr. So he earned this uh, this. I joked earlier this week, and I, I joked because I'd seen it on Twitter earlier this week uh, that he needed to opt out of the national championship game to keep that draft yep. stock where it was yep, yep. after Monday night. Yeah, yeah, keep it where it is. Just don't play, but. I'd like for you to play. play. Actually, I'd like for you to play. And I'd like for you to win the national championship, sir. It's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be really, really fun because this is a uh, a a Washington team with Michael Penix Jr. that has you know put up numbers this year, but also they've won the close games. So even if the if you know Michigan does what they did against Alabama, keeps that game low, Washington knows what the situation is like. So it's going to be a fun game on Monday night. But Michael Penix Jr., like you said, Cam. Just electric stuff Monday after or Monday evening uh, for for the win over the the Texas Longhorns uh, NFL type throws. It was he, there were some windows he squeezed that thing through. Dude, it was it, it was mighty impressive. I don't know if a foot, I don't know if a tennis ball would have fit through those windows that Seriously. he tried to throw through. Um, but it was uh, they, he he was able to get it done. Led them to a big victory. Uh, I think it was what uh, he finished. He's now he was finished fourth in all-time passing yards in a playoff game. Yeah, was was Monday night. So, man, and two of those performances was uh, Joe Burrow, right? Yep. So he, he's got a chance. He's got a chance to uh, etch his name more into history there. Yes, he uh, does. With the playoff games and with the national championship game on Monday night, the final national championship game before you go to a twelve-team playoff. So. Uh, Florida State, I know Auburn fans don't want to hear this. Florida State won the final uh, pl- uh, national championship before the playoff era. Wah, wah. And now Washington slash Michigan both have a chance to win the final pl- uh, national championship game before the expanded playoff yeah. era. Should so be awesome. Some history going on around uh, college football. Michael Penix Jr., our sports call player of the week, the first player of the week for 
2024. Congratulations, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, you don't need us to tell you how good you are because uh, you you already know you're a Heisman Trophy finalist for a good reason. Uh, let's hit our first break of the third hour here. When we come back, let's dive into the SEC hoops this weekend. I teased a little bit earlier. There's some good matchups to open up conference play. We'll talk about those, which also features the Auburn Tigers taking on Arkansas right after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on a Friday. I am Brooks Childress. T.P. Hammock joined us a little bit earlier. Cam Berry is still here. Hello. T.P. is on his way with Brant Daughtry to Opelika High School. Smith Station basketball is on the air in just a little over an hour, maybe about an hour from now. Well, no, actually, it should be coming on here in just a few minutes. 5.30-ish. I was looking at the clock. I was like, oh, it's still an hour away. No, it should be coming on here uh, not too long from now over our, on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. It's Opelika and uh, your Smith Station Panthers do battle with Opelika. First game back for the girls after Christmas break. The boys played in a holiday tournament up in Tuscaloosa, but this is our first return to action covering them since the holidays. So it is a, a great time for college ba- or high school basketball. Get fired back up here on our airwaves. Smith Station over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, in just a few minutes. I uh, want to tell you about the Sports Call survey. If you like what you're hearing on the show, tell us. If you don't like it, also tell us. You can find that survey all of our social medias, Twitter or X, whichever you call it, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of those. Make sure you go and find that uh, our, our, our survey. Fill it out. Takes five, ten minutes to fill out. Depends on how much you want to say that we're bad at our jobs or we're great at our jobs. Uh, and then uh, then send it to us. We, we'd love to hear from you as we go and you know, move into 2024. We'd love to uh, tell you how much the um, – uh, to want you to tell us how much you either enjoy the show, what you would like to, uh, what you would like to hear change. Because as you heard going into that last break, we're a multi-time Abbey Award-winning sports talk show, and we want to keep getting better. Uh, just because we won a few awards doesn't mean we don't want to keep getting better. And you can help us with that. So make sure you go fill out that sports call survey. All right. So as we move into now, we've got SEC basketball this weekend. Kim, are you excited? I am excited. It, God, I love basketball so it, much. It's so fun. There's there's one. There's just a lot of good games this weekend. There's a lot of good top 25 matchups For this weekend. Real. But the SEC has some pretty good games going on this weekend. Let's go dive in, talk about them a little bit. I do kind of want to set the mood, though. Let's, let's see if we can find set, the, set mood. the mood. Set it up. There oh, it is. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's the good stuff right there. It's a little early for March. It's okay, but, but that's the good stuff. It's that's still, the... it, it works because you know why? First game of the day is on CBS. Oh, boom. Mississippi State visits South Carolina. Both teams, Mississippi State's 11-2 and two coming into this one. South Carolina's 12-1. and one. Only loss was to that Clemson earlier this year. It's going to be a fun game. 
it will be, be a fun, fun game. game to start things off. What are your, what are your thoughts on the uh, the Bulldogs coming into the SEC play as well as the Gamecocks? Yeah, should be an interesting game for sure. Mississippi State start, started off the season a lot, sh- uh, sh- uh, pretty strong, honestly, and uh, so they're they're a pretty good team. Uh, kind of, you know, they they're on a five game win streak, but uh, I think they had a couple of key losses uh, that that kind of set them back a little bit. But still, eleven and two, really good season. Uh, the the out of conference is not very strong, but that's yeah. kind of is what it is. I mean, that Rutgers win is pretty solid, so I'll give that to them. Uh, and, and the then, thing is, is you still have to take care of business, right? You still got to take care of business, absolutely. So you, you got to get the you got to get the wins when they're necessary. I mean, you're you're uh, you're you're sitting at eleven and two. You're sitting in a good spot. And then uh, if you're South Carolina, same thing. You're you're uh, you're sitting in a good spot at twelve and one. Um, but I mean, I think that's a better start to their season than last season. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that's pretty solid. I mean, your only loss is to Clemson, and Clemson is now ranked. So that's uh, that that's tough. That was in the SEC ACC challenge, but it kind of is what it is. Um, you know, I mean, that was a, that's a rivalry. So I'm su- I'm surprised that they actually played that so so early. The South Carolina and Clemson rivalry, but I I guess that's fair. I mean, it was it was uh, it was perfect for them to kind of set that up and play that. So yeah, it'll it'll be. Uh, It'll certainly be uh, an interesting game for sure. Want to remind everybody once again that this is the final SEC season before Texas and Oklahoma join next year. Oh man! Uh, adding to the the topsy turviness of yeah. the league. Eleven uh, thirty ESPN. One of the bigger games of the day as well. Number six Kentucky ten and two coming into conference play visits Florida at the Exact Tech Arena at the Stephen O'Connell Center. Florida ten and three on the year. Uh, big battle between the Wildcats and the Gators down in the swamp, Cam. Oh, man. Should be fun. Should be a fun one. Uh, the, the ESPN matchup predictor has uh, Florida at 61.6% favored. So wow. that's actually surprising. That I don't surprising. buy that because I bet when the line comes out tomorrow, it'll be Kentucky like minus seven or eight. Mm. Uh, and and uh, that, that'll certainly be a good game. I mean, they, uh, they have plenty of talent on their roster. Uh, uh, Florida and and they're they're gonna they're figuring some stuff out. I mean they're sitting at ten and three, so they had a good out of conference uh, uh, slate, I'd say. And uh, if you're Kentucky, outside of your loss to UNC Wilmington, which was obviously very surprising, uh, then you're doing good. You got some signature wins already over North Carolina uh, and and uh, a good win over Penn, who Auburn ended up. Uh, beating by mm-hmm. almost uh, by a wide margin, yeah. and uh, and and uh, Kentucky was able to do close to the same thing. So that kind of matches up pretty well for Auburn Day when you're looking at, at Kentucky and how well you match up with them. But you have a common opponent now to see, you know, kind of how you're faring against them. Uh, I still think Kentucky's going to win. I think they can shoot the lights out. They've got so much talent, uh, but uh, it, it'll be a good one for sure, just because it's in Gainesville. Noon on the SEC Network tomorrow. Two teams that have not garnered a lot of attention from the Southeastern Conference uh, play these last couple years, but still should be a fun game. Georgia comes into this one at 10-3 and three as they travel to Columbia, Missouri, to Mizzou Arena, take on the 8-5 and five Missouri Tigers. Missouri, not the best of starts to the yeah, season. Yeah. Uh, like I said, sitting there at 8-5. Georgia, 10-3. and three. Mike White has started to uh, turn that program just a little bit, it feels like. But this should be a, a fun game uh, between these two tomorrow up in Columbia. Absolutely. He he has turned it around at, at Georgia, Mike White. He's, he's definitely gotten some good signature wins. I mean, even beating Georgia Tech, 
uh, at home was a, was a good one uh, because, uh, I mean, Georgia Tech's program seems to have really taken off as well. So that's a good win for uh, Mike White and his program. He, he's definitely got something going up there in Athens. And then, yeah, you're right, you know, with um, – Missouri, they just have had a rough start. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to bounce back, but we'll, we'll see how that uh, plays out. Uh, you know, obviously, I think they, they lost their leading scorer uh, in Kobe Brown. Uh, so, I mean, when you lose a guy like that, as, as talented as he is, uh, you're definitely going to have to make up for some production. So, we'll see how that plays out, and uh, it, it should be fun. Speaking of rough starts, uh, there's no basketball, no no SEC basketball being played inside the state of Alabama tomorrow because ah. 8-5 Alabama travels to 5-8 and eight Vanderbilt at 2.30 on the SEC network. Uh, both teams' rough starts. Vanderbilt, definitely the roughest of the conference. They are the only team below 500 uh, in, right now in the SEC. Alabama, a rough start, but you look at their schedule, who all they played, very strong schedule. Very strong. Uh, and so they come into this game 8-5, and five, open up conference play on the road in Nashville between these two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vanderbilt, obviously on the bottom uh, bottom of the uh, SEC uh, back really back to the bottom right like they were doing pretty decent for a couple years there thought they'd be able to make a little bit more of a push but now they've kind of relegated back down towards the bottom uh they they do have some talent but it just will not be enough uh to to beat an alabama team that can shoot and score uh at a very very high clip uh just has struggles with defense and that's really what killed them in their three big matchups when they were playing against purdue playing against creighton going against uh arizona those were all just tough tough opponents uh and so you got to be able to play some defense uh if you are if you're alabama because well sometimes when the shots aren't falling when the threes aren't falling you gotta you gotta figure something out you know mm-hmm. you, you gotta figure out a different way to to be productive so uh we'll see how that uh plays out but uh, definitely uh definitely they're going to be able to get this win uh we'll skip over the game what is uh, i think is the game of the day in the uh, south Eastern conference we'll go to the next one 7 30 on sec network uh eight and five lsu visits nine and four texas a&m auburn will host texas a&m for their home opener coming up here on tuesday evening uh but first they tangle with the bayou Bengals at home at reed arena uh fun matchup here between these two teams that have uh, again, two teams have not gotten off to the, the hottest of starts, but uh, you, you look at their talent on their rosters. They've, they've got some talent there. It, it, it's gonna it, it's starting to show. Texas A&M, I think we, we talked about earlier, one of the quad one teams yes. in, in the SEC. Yes. Yeah, Texas A&M still really, really good. Uh, still has a lot of potential and could could really still win the, the SEC uh, if they get things right, if, if Buzz, uh, Buzz Williams can really figure things out. Um, but LSU, they, they, LSU will probably end up finishing amongst the bottom of the SEC, uh, right there with, uh, with Vanderbilt, um, not a great basketball team. Just, they're still trying to really retool and recuperate from everything that they've lost over the last couple seasons. So, uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll probably lose this game against Texas A&M, especially with it being a college station. But, uh, you know, they, they're. I think they're really looking towards the future. Game of the day in the SEC that's not named the Auburn oh, Tigers. yeah. 5 o'clock, the SEC Network. Undefeated 13-0. Number 22, Ole Miss visits Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. They take on the number 5 Tennessee Volunteers coming in at 10-3. and 
man, that's a big matchup to start the college, uh, conference play. Oh man, huge! What a what a fun fun game. Uh, Tennessee going up against the Rebels, man. Chris Beard. Uh, th- yeah, be- I mean, turn things around and quick, which we kind of knew was going to happen, right? Beard was uh, a great coach at Texas uh, before having to kind of step off, step away from the program due to other things that were uh, outside of the court. Um, and and now they they've brought in a, a very very talented staff uh, and uh, a talented team. Uh, and, you know, a familiar name, Alan Flanagan, doing very, very well mm-hmm. uh, for Ole Miss. Uh, I think he's their second leading scorer um, or, or close to being their, their leading scorer. It's kind of like neck and neck, I think. Uh, and so they're, they're playing some really, really good basketball. But again, same for uh, Tennessee. They've got Zakai Ziegler back, and that's a huge boost for them. Uh, he is he he's really the engine that makes that team run. He's such a talented point mm-hmm. guard. Uh, will be a lot of fun, and I'm glad that he's back in SEC play. Uh, I love watching that dude play. Uh, maybe it's just because he's a little guy, and I'm like uh, I'm like five ten, so like we're close to the same height. <laughs> and uh, he he is a lot better at basketball than me, so uh, I live vicariously through Zakai Ziegler. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but it'll it'll be fun, and uh, that should be a fantastic game. I still think the Vols will end up uh, ultimately taking it, just because uh, it 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 is uh, in Knoxville, and Thompson Bowling Arena is is such a tough place yeah. to play. But uh, Ole Miss looking good, a, a very fast turnaround. So they'll be they'll be dangerous. You gotta watch out for them for sure. And then finally, the game that I think everybody here has been uh, saying, just get to that game, just get to that game. Uh, Eleven and two, number twenty-five, the Auburn Tigers visit Bud Walton Arena. A nine and four Arkansas team awaits them there, as well as nineteen thousand two hundred people calling the Hogs. On Saturday afternoon, ESPN2, Tom Hart um, uh, will be on the call as he was uh, uh, earlier this week for the Tigers. Uh, it'll also, also be Jimmy Dykes joining him on the call. Uh, Cam, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but what, what are your thoughts on this game? Do you think Auburn comes out a winner? And then uh, what? who's a guy that you think needs to have a big game for the Tigers to get a win on the road at, uh, at Bud Walton tomorrow? Yeah, so I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think it's going to be a neck-and-neck game. Could come down to the final. Who has the final possession? Uh, I think Auburn just has to stay disciplined on defense. Uh, I think they'll be able to score with Arkansas. This team still is still trying to figure out how to truly uh, come together and gel as a team. But this Auburn team is very co- cohesive. Uh, they they communicate well. They do well on offense. They can beat you in multiple ways on offense and on defense. Uh, again, they just have to stay together and, and not let uh, Arkansas beat them. Don't go on these scoring droughts, these four or five minute scoring droughts. You can't afford to have that against such a talented Arkansas team, especially when you're away. That's just not a formula for success. Uh, so you got to just play smart basketball, which uh, I trust our guards, Aiden Holloway and uh, and and uh, Trey Donaldson to be able to do. Uh, they, they've been taking care of the ball very very well and i i think that they will continue to do so uh i think a player that needs to have a big game i actually agree i actually i agree with what tp said that that chad baker mazar does but i'm gonna go with jalen williams i think he needs to continue to hunt for his shot Mm -hmm. he needs to continue to do his thing i think that when he is aggressive it opens up so much more for everyone uh for for auburn especially 
uh, on the inside and on the outside everywhere. Uh, he he is a real catalyst uh, for this team, in my opinion, and I think he uh, needs to have a, a fantastic game uh, for Auburn to really be successful. You look at both of these teams coming into this one, last uh, at least the last five games, Auburn has beaten UNC Asheville on a neutral site, beat USC at home, very talented USC team, beat Alabama State, UTC, and Penn all at home. Arkansas took down Furman, lost Oklahoma, took down Lipscomb, took down uh, Ebeling Christian, and then put up 106 uh, this past uh, weekend to UNC Wilmington. It's going to be tough. I mean, it, it's as I said, 19,200 people there. Majority of those are going to be in red and white. Going to be yelling "Woo pig, suey." Yep. Um, it, it's the last time Bruce Pearl said it earlier. We we heard him in this press conference earlier. Uh, last time the Tigers were there, they were the number one team in the country. Got beat, court stormed. I'm not saying they're not going to storm. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not going to storm the court this time. But it's another Auburn's ranked going into Bud Walton Arena. If they win, there's a chance they storm the court. I know it's yes. num- it's a top twenty. I know it's only number twenty five is where Auburn's ranked, but. That'd be a big win for for the it Hogs would. at home. It would. I think Auburn has a good shot to win it. I think Janai Broom has has been you know playing very very well uh, recently. Obviously, Jalen Williams has been playing very very well. He's starting to uh, to really really come into uh, his own this year. Uh, Aiden Holloway is also a big force. I think the guy that needs to have a big game though tomorrow. I think Katie Johnson needs to come yeah. out and have a big game. I think you need to see Crazy Katie a little bit in this one. I think he needs to fire up because you're going to need all the energy you can get when your fate when 19,000 fans are against you uh, in in inside that arena. I think Auburn does win it. I think they're a little bit better than than Arkansas. I agree. I think I, I feel like once the line comes out tomorrow, if Auburn is not if Auburn's favored, it's like by two or three points. I could also see Arkansas being favored by two or three points. I could see both of those. I think though. Auburn, I think Katie Johnson. With a big, uh, if, if he had a big game tomorrow, gets propels uh, Auburn to that win. I think Auburn does win the game tomorrow. Starts one zero in the SEC play. Gets set to come home and take on Texas A and M to open things up on Tuesday night at home in the the home SEC opener. So that's a look around the SEC in college basketball this weekend. A uh, lot of good games. We've mentioned that uh, uh, Ole Miss-Tennessee game is going to be huge. Auburn-Arkansas is going to be huge. Kentucky-Florida is going to be big, too. You've got some basketball at each time slot tomorrow That's uh, that is very meaningful, and you can uh, really enjoy watching it. Let's head to our next break of the hour when we come back. What to watch for over the weekend. A lot of college basketball to watch for. A lot of NFL action to watch for. We'll talk about that right after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn.
Sports Call podcast is brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to that podcast on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Brooks Childress, Cam Berry on the show Hello. right now. T.P. Hammock joined us a little bit earlier. They're about to get underway over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, with some Smith Station basketball as they take on Opelika. Brant Daughtry, T.P. Hammock on that call tonight. Make sure you listen to all the action there. We just finished up talking some SEC hoops going into the first weekend of conference play. Some big games. Uh, to, to, we talked about some big games this weekend. A lot of, a lot of fun. It's basketball season. It's always fun. But it is now time, as we uh, continue on this Friday edition of Sports Call, for a, a segment we, we do sparingly when we have time. It is our What to Watch For over the weekend, and let's get to that right now. Sports Call's What to Watch For over the weekend. What to Watch For over the weekend, college basketball. Let's stick with the college basketball world here. Uh, some some big games, uh, a lot of top 25 teams in action tomorrow uh, around the country. Uh, in the Big East, you've got a number seven Marquette visits Seton Hall tomorrow afternoon. Ooh. You've also got number 23 Providence taking on Creighton. Uh, that is uh, on FS1 tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and then I believe that's the only two ranked Big East teams playing tomorrow, but those are two uh, pretty big games. Providence is a team that uh, it really feels like all of the Big East at any point in time during the year is a team that you're talking about uh, has a chance to be at a, uh, be in the uh, in the March Madness at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Big East is uh, yeah full of chock full of teams that will absolutely be in the in the tournament. Right. Uh, you got Creighton. They'll they'll make it. They're a talented team. Uh, you could probably see the likes of Seton Hall as well uh, already. You know, obviously with the teams of Providence that that's ranked. Marquette is a really really good team. Uh, and then you'll have you'll see some other teams that'll slide in there from the from the Big East as well. There that that is a that is a deep deep basketball league. Uh, ACC to a couple ranked matchups tomorrow, 11 a.m. Number eight, North Carolina, who's two and zero in the ACC, visits number sixteen, Clemson. Uh, in that one, the only other ranked ACC team in action tomorrow is uh, number fourteen, Duke, visiting Notre Dame. So a couple good uh, ACC clashes tomorrow, but that North Carolina Clemson game uh, really, really po- uh, pokes you in the eye a little bit. Yeah. It? Oh yeah. That, that that North Carolina Clemson game will be fun to watch. Uh, it's in Clemson, so that should be a fun one and uh, see if North Carolina can go in and continue to be undefeated in the ACC. We talked about the SEC games. Number six, Kentucky visits Florida. You've got number 25, Auburn, visiting Arkansas. And then later on in the evening, number 22, Ole Miss, visiting number five, Tennessee for the SEC. We talked about those in the last segment. Uh, Big 12 action tomorrow, TCU visiting number two, Kansas. West Virginia visits number three, Houston. Uh, You've also got number 18, Baylor, visiting Oklahoma State. And then later on in the evening, you've got Iowa State visiting number 11, Oklahoma, as well as Cincinnati visits number 12 BYU to uh, cap off your evening with Texas Tech visiting number 20 Texas also in there. So Big 12, again, continues to just be a a great basketball conference. Ranked teams all over the place. Yes, ranked teams all over the place in the Big 12. 
Uh, again, another deep, deep basketball league. Uh, my eyes just lit up because I'm just now seeing that Colorado State is ranked 13th. Yeah, they are. I, I, that's crazy. That's good for them. Go Rams, baby. Right. I, I, uh, my, my buddy Evan graduated from Colorado State, so I'm going to have to text him and be like, yeah. dude, what is going on up there? Yeah, Fort that's Collins cool, man. Fort Collins, baby. I love Fort Collins. Great place. Uh, so that was awesome. But yes, the Big 12, a lot of a lot a lot of talent in there. I mean, Oklahoma's back to their prominence as a basketball program. Texas is as good as usual. Um, and and B, uh, BYU, uh, they, I mean, that's a surprising one, actually. Mm-hmm. BYU getting up there uh, uh, as number 12. So that, that should be an interesting to see if they can hold it down. Baylor is still continuing to do what they do uh, in the top 25. So it's a lot. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of talented teams in the Big 12. In the Big 10, only one game involving a ranked team tomorrow afternoon, and it is Nebraska visiting number 21, Wisconsin. Wisconsin 2-0 in the Big Ten uh, this year so far. But uh, that should be a fun game between those two teams uh, up there in Madison. Absolutely should be a fun one. The the two teams in red that – are in the Big Ten, and I just kind of sometimes I'll I'll, make, I'll get them mixed up color wise because they just look so similar to me. Um, but yeah, that should be a good one. Wisconsin back to being a, a, a prominent basketball program as well, sitting at ten and three, two and zero in the Big Ten. So they're looking to continue some dominance. And then only one game featuring a ranked team in the Pac twelve tomorrow as well. Number uh, number ten Arizona hosts Utah. Uh, uh, at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So Arizona, uh, a team that uh, I think a lot of people think could challenge for a national title this year, uh, but they're sitting at number 10 right now hosting Utah tomorrow Absolutely. Night. Your Arizona could challenge for a title uh, sitting at 2-1 and one in the Pac-12, 11-3 and three overall. Uh, just, I mean, their losses are losses to big big teams that are also just as good. So uh, they're, they're playing a lot of really tough basketball. Uh, and they and Caleb Love is is tearing it up in Arizona, so they'll absolutely compete for a championship. Elsewhere, some of the smaller conference ranked teams in action tomorrow: number nineteen, James Madison, who's fourteen and zero overall, two and zero in the Sun Belt visits Southern Miss down in Hattiesburg. Number seventeen, Florida Atlantic, one and zero in American Conference play visiting Charlotte uh, up there in North Carolina. Uh, then you've also got, as you mentioned, number 13, Colorado State. Dude, that's awesome. 13-1, and 1-0 in Mountain West play. They visit Utah State. Utah State's also 13-1, and 1-0 in Mountain West play. And then, of course, number 24, Gonzaga, 1-0 in the WCC, 10-4 and 4 overall. They host San Diego, 10-6 uh, and 6 on the year, 0 in the, a, in the WCC. So a couple small conference teams ranked, getting some action tomorrow. James Madison, football this year was the talk of the town in, in the college football world. College yeah. basketball, they're doing almost the same things. They're, they're undefeated in the conference play. They've got a real shot at a uh, at making the March Madness this year. Oh, uh, yeah, James Madison just – uh, it's crazy when you just find that that success kind of rubs off onto all of your programs, right? Uh, so now they're they're able to be undefeated against uh, in their in the overall and undefeated in the Sun Belt. Uh, you know, uh, actually on, on uh, with my other job, the score on WCOV Fox Twenty, we talked with Coach uh, with Troy head basketball coach uh, Scott Cross, and he was talking about you know trying to get multiple bids into the Sun Belt, and mm. it'll be tough tough but uh, you know if James Madison were to be undefeated right yeah. go all the way yep. uh, undefeated and go all the way into their tournament win the regular season go to their Sun Belt tournament and say lose that championship game obviously the winner of the championship gets that 
that bid. Yeah. James Madison could get that uh, could get another bid. That would probably be the only way that the Sun Belt would get two bids in uh, just uh, uh, into the tournament because James Madison had been so good throughout the rest of the season. Uh, so I mean, if they can continue to climb and continue to be good and continue to stay undefeated, they will. Uh, they they will uh, absolutely at least make the tournament and and probably you know turn some heads they could i mean they have the upset against uh against michigan state which mm-hmm. was huge yeah. for the resume booster right and, and so either way they they should absolutely have a shot at being in the tournament what to watch for over the weekend college basketball action we talked about that nfl action we talked a lot of nfl yesterday uh but it's a it, it's a big nfl weekend a lot of playoff implications games that you can see here locally we talked a lot of games yesterday we talked a, a spectrum of the nfl yesterday games that you can watch here in our area this weekend obviously the national broadcast you can watch pittsburgh baltimore and as well as houston and indianapolis tomorrow on the espn networks sunday night football is buffalo at miami the game to the side of the afc east as well as uh, just a, a massive game in general between those two teams uh, Sunday, the late game on CBS will be Chicago and Green Bay that you can check out. Green Bay really turned things around this year. Chicago right now owns the number one overall pick, not because they're bad. Well, they're not great, but not because they're, they're super bad. bad. It is because they traded last year with the Carolina Panthers. Speaking of those Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay and Carolina is the early game on Fox here in the uh, listening area. The late game, you'll get to see Dallas and Washington and then Cam Wanted to get a quick thought from you, since it is your team, the CBS early game that you can watch, Falcons visiting the Saints to end the year. Yeah, should be a good one. Uh, Falcons visiting the Saints, uh, that's... (laughs) Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. That is essentially for the division, right? Uh, you know, even the, uh, it, barring that Tampa Bay uh, loses, say that say that they will or won't. I I think Tampa Bay will win and ultimately win uh, win the division, and that'll be that. But uh, always good for an opportunity to beat the Aints uh, because I don't like losing to them, honestly. And so if we can at least sweep them, mm-hmm. I would be happy and satisfied. Um, not satisfied overall with the season, but at least satisfied with that we beat them twice. So uh, that'll be that, and uh, it should be fun. We'll see. It looks like Desmond Ritter might end up getting the start. Mm-hmm. Not sure, just because Taylor Heineke's nursing an ankle injury. He's a game-time decision, so that'll be something to watch out for. Um, but either way, I do think that this will be the last game that uh, Arthur Smith will be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see if that uh, that comes true. On I pray. Black Monday is when we'll be back next on yes. the air. And speaking of next on the air, we finish out this week on the air with the nightly TV guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer coming up right after this break. Final break of the af- of the evening, final break of the week. Hope you enjoyed it. What to watch for over the weekend. We'll be right back to wrap up today's program. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call.
last segment of Sports Call for the week. Yeah. I am Brooke Shoulders, Cam Barry, joining me <sighs> this afternoon. I want to thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Oh, I was glad to be here with you, Brooks. Thank you. I missed you. Thank you to TP. I missed you too. Hmm. Thank you to TP for joining us for that first hour. Ryan feeling under the weather today, so was not in the office today. So uh, hopefully we get him back early next week. Otherwise, we'll continue with the bullpen here. Uh, we, we do like bullpen days, though. It, it, it gives a little little change up. Oh, we'll yeah. Get it changed up. change up. A change yeah. up. Curve. <laughs> curve. <laughs> uh, so we wrap things up here. It's been a great week on Sports Call. First week of 2024. want to remind everybody, make sure you go and fill out that Sports Call survey. All of our social medias have it. Uh, have the link on it. Make sure you go and fill that out. It is. Uh, we we love to uh, hear from you. We've done it years in the past. Gotten great responses from y'all. Uh, make sure you go and fill it out so we can continue to make this show even better as we go into a new year. Uh, before we wrap things up, though, let's get to our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Calls and Nightly TV Guide is brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Make sure you go buy one of your local 17 TK's convenience stores and pick up a White Claw Hard Seltzer variety pack to make sure that your first weekend of the new year is phenomenal. Uh, Nightly TV Guide tonight. Uh, we'll start with movie picks for you this evening. All three of these start at 7 o'clock, so if you want to flip back and forth between them, you can. Or you could pick just one. 7 o'clock on Bravo, Ghostbusters, the original. I know we got into... I, uh, Listen, we got into trouble a few uh, about a year ago. I said Ghostbusters. It was not the original. This is the original. Bill Murray. Ghostbusters. You know they're coming out with a new one, though? They're oh, doing another, another, doing another one? one? Yeah. Uh, coming out this spring, I What's think. What's it going to be Rudd. this time? Oh, uh, really? Paul Rudd is... He, oh, that might be decent. Paul Rudd's pretty yeah. funny. So. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is in it. And so it's, uh, it's, it's like on the same line as the original. But yeah, I saw it in theaters. Or I saw mm. it at the preview in the theaters. So All righty, then. That'd be interesting. Uh, 7 o'clock on Nickelodeon. Your family pick of the evening is Hotel Transylvania. Another one of the films that is Adam Sandler and all his best friends. But it's animated. So they all came in and did voices and probably goofed around and had grand old time. Just like we do here on Sports Call. <laughs> also 7 o'clock on USA. Your Marvel fix of the evening. Iron Man 2. Robert Downey Jr. stars as Iron Man uh, wonderful movie. I love it. Uh, go check it out. Iron Man 2. Sports picks for you this evening. Uh, we've got a little variety. Not a lot on tonight, though. 6 o'clock on ESPNU. We've got some ranked college wrestling to start things off. 9 o'clock. Or it's at 6 o'clock on ESPNU. Number 9, Oklahoma State takes on visits number 4, NC State. So some college wrestling for you. Uh, NBA action tonight, 643 on ESPN. The New York Knicks visit the Philadelphia 76ers. Follow that up at 9.05 with the Grizzlies visiting the Los Angeles Lakers. This is fun NBA action there. And then college basketball for you tonight, 7.30 on FS1. Illinois visits ranked Purdue. And then at 9.30, it is Boise State visiting San Jose State for some Mountain West action. And uh, that, my friends, is a nightly TV ad brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. And that is also going to wrap us up for this call week of Sports Call. Again, Cam, thank you so much for being here. We will talk to Absolutely. you again next week. Glad to be here. We'll talk to you next week. want to thank TP again for being on here for the first hour uh, of the show. want to thank everybody that tuned in and called into the show this afternoon. For Mr. TP Hammock, Mr. Uh, Cam Berry, and my name is Mr. Brooks Childress. We want to thank you for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy college basketball and NFL this weekend. We will talk to you again on Monday. <laughs>